Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're all ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talk and they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps, they can talk O's. Yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad, Ravens and Poe. Better tune in. Here come the show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. It's all about that BS, peeps. <laughs> BS is right. What's up, BSers? <laughs> <laughs> Fred, Scott, James, and Drew in the studio tonight. Uh, apologize for any technical difficulties <clears throat> that we may have. Still Windows have. decided to put out new updates and it screwed freaking everything up. So be patient with us. If you're hearing any kind of weird echoing or anything going on crazy, let us know in the chat room. We'll take care. Uh, we'll try to take care of it as best we can going through this whole thing. Ah, uh, man. Well, Fred is back. I am back. It's been a couple of weeks, man. It kind of threw me off with this whole thing. I uh, was sick there for a little bit, but I'm on the mend. I'm feeling better. Uh, so I appreciate all the uh, the kind words and everything. I did watch every week, so I appreciate the support as always. Chuck says it sounds right right now. Appreciate it, Chuck. All right, good. Well, hopefully you guys are out there. You're all getting ready for Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving yep. week, and we're thankful in this room, the four of us, for what was an ugly win in Chicago. That was an ugly turkey. There was an ugly turkey. <laughs> ugly duckling. And uh, this week, it's primetime football at the bank, guys, because we take on the Brownies as they come to town for Sunday night football. Yeah, man. Some major announcements, cool things. Fred's going to get into that. Uh, exciting stuff going to be happening in the stands It's going to be an exciting time to be down at the bank. Uh, and Oreo brings home some another award, some more hardware for the team. And could some birds be maybe leaving the nest? We're going to talk a little bit about that in a short Orioles segment. Yeah, I, I said the Orioles segment wasn't going to come back, but it did. Fred had to come back, had to get the Orioles in there. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's down to the final game for the Terps. And any hope for a bowl game here, they're, they're scratching and clawing. You're hoping and, and praying. Uh, Ryan is probably crying yeah. in a corner. And the reason he's not here tonight, uh, because they took a spanking from Michigan. Spanking Didn't start off that way. Putting but. it lightly, man. It was uh, it was an ass beating. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this week's rundown, speaking of ass whipping, <laughs> we're talking crazy contracts, fights on the court and outside the ring, and a feel-good story out of Michigan. Who thought that that was possible? But a feel-good story out of Michigan. Ryan's so pissed right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we do too much, though, we do want to remind you, remember that team that we've been talking about for the last two years over at MD Crash? Yeah. Well, they've expanded. Oh. More lawyers and handling a much broader spectrum of cases now. Still handling all your auto accidents and injuries at work, of course. But now the team at Bowers, Hassan, and Herndon can help you with family law issues from divorce to custody to child support, etc. Even criminal cases from traffic tickets to murder. So if you're a murderer and you need a phone number to call... Write this number now. Henry Ruggs, write this number down. 667-220-6500. <laughs> you can call or text this number anytime 
for any of your needs. So save it now. Update that number we've been telling you about for the last two years in your phone. Uh, that number again, 667-220-6500. Again, call or text them anytime to get the team at Bowers, Hassan, and Herndon on the case for you. All right, Scott, it's time for some flock talk. Yes. Uh, and like I said, it was an ugly win in Chicago. But as the tit- title says, just win. A win is a win. We're not going to let the coaching staff get off that easy that this was just a win. We're going to talk about some things that happened in this game, some hot-button topics, a certain crowd that is tuned in tonight, I'm sure, <laughs> is going to have plenty to talk about. But before we get into this Chicago game, there's been some news around the team the last couple of days. Uh, as the Cardinals come in, swoop in, and take Trace McSorley off the Ravens practice squad. Hmm. Uh, obviously, they're dealing with their own quarterback situation out there. You know, Kyler Murray's been out for a couple of weeks. Colt McCoy's looked fantastic coming in, you know, as a, you know, as a, as a backup quarterback yes. leading a top-tier team in the NFC, and he's holding his own. He's done good. He, he's doing well with the team, and it just shows you the weapons that this team has and that they can they can really propel with, with I don't want to say anybody, but they can succeed with with guys who others may have just thrown away. Yeah, I, I, I mean, weapons, but you got their top target in, in DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins on the sideline. J.J. Watt hasn't been out there to, on the defensive side, so they're not the same team defensively. And to do what they're doing is pretty impressive. But Trace McSorley, I know some people out there are a little hurt, uh, you know, to see him go. <laughs> a little hurt? Yeah. I, listen. Some people are me, butt hurt. There's a certain fan in here. It's a Penn State fan. has been a Trace McSorley fan for a long time. I, I think the guy was a good third option to have on this roster, and that's what he was. He was a third option, especially after the kind of game that Tyler Huntley had this past week, solidifying his spot there at number two and why he was selected there. Uh, You know, is it nice to have an insurance policy like Trace McSorley on your practice squad to kind of elevate when you need him? Of course. The familiarity with the system, that's big. But again, I don't think this is going to be much of a big loss. No, I think the thing that I would look at it is that Trace... From an athleticism standpoint, I feel like Trace mimics Kyler a little bit better than Colt does. Um, but I think you know he's going to be a, he's going to be the backup to the backup, so to speak, for right now, unless something crazy happens. But obviously, something's going on out there is Arizona. The fact that they feel they need another guy because remember he has to be on their active squad now for them to pick him up off waivers. He has to be on the squad. He's got to be active for I think is it three weeks. I think is the rule three, three or four weeks. I can't remember what it is, but somewhere yeah. around in there exactly. So it tells you that there's some extending concern or something going on out there i believe that and i think i think maybe the injury with kyler is a little bit more alarming than they expected but they've got a bye week coming up uh you know again colt mccoy's played well so they're not in a position where they're in like a must win situation when they do get out there it's a three-week insurance policy exactly and i think it's just an insurance policy we could see mcsorley come back in a week or two that could yeah. still very if possibly they drop him happen. again and we take him back off waivers yeah, yeah absolutely we'll see they did end up signing um kenji bahar who was with the team in the preseason as mm-hmm. the fourth quarterback local kid i think he played at calvert hall that we said wasn't right. going to get picked up anywhere like we knew that right. that was going to happen that was just an easy fill-in again somebody that's mm-hmm. familiar with the system that was here with us in the preseason local could come right out to the complex and be ready to go right offensive line we all know the uh the issues that we've had at offensive line uh both in performance on the field and from an injury standpoint right well one guy that uh was an undrafted guy offensive tackle adrian ely who you know ryan's boy ryan's boy showed some promise of a developmental tackle in preseason 
uh, ended up getting suspended due to performance-enhancing yeah. drugs. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Well, his suspension was then over, uh, and along with that was his tenure with the Ravens as the Ravens <laughs> ended up releasing him today Bye-bye. to make room uh, for uh, Benji Bahar and a couple other pieces that they added. I think they added another offensive lineman, and they added a cornerback. Uh, nobody of any kind of note or anybody name worthy. Just some pieces to have uh, to fill fill, in the fill some depth, some depth uh, that we ultimately need. You know, you you know that linebacker court needs it. You know the the cornerbacks need it. So the depth there, and for a guy that you know, who knows? Maybe there's more to the story on them releasing him. The time will tell if we ever bring him back for whatever reason. Nick Sacken uh, asking when is Big Country back? Uh, he was actually active, active and back with the team this past uh, this past didn't week. Didn't get out there much. Didn't get out there. So I, I expect him to be back and ready to play this week. Uh, well, they need him at that left guard spot. Another sure. guy coming back that you hope he's ready to play sooner rather than later because we were seeing some good things come out of him before Switch he cheese. goes down. Uh, Malik Harrison returns yeah. to practice. You know, this is the guy that we talked about several weeks ago, uh, right around Halloween. I think it was actually on Halloween uh, yeah. that he was shot by that stray bullet uh, in the leg. Just kind of say he was shot. He was hit by a stray bullet. So you're not technically shot if you're hit by a stray in there. You're, right you're, you're grazed, <laughs> but it's. It, a shot's a shot, all right? It's a flesh wound. It's a flesh wound. And, and I'm going to tell Love you this. I'm going to tell fun. you this. Remember remember when you were you doing the bow and you dry uh, fired a bow? We don't need to go there. Uh, remember that? Remember that? Why are we bringing up past shit, Scott? Because it's worse than that. that. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, one guy uh, who won't be back probably at least for another couple of weeks, Pernell McPhee, uh, ended up having some cleanup work done on his knee. He is expected to be back this season, but probably won't see him until the end of the season or going into the playoffs if the Ravens hopefully get to that point. Uh, he had slowed down a lot. I know the knee had been bothering him. Uh, he might be at the tail end of his career. You know, we were yeah. just hoping on a budget-friendly kind of deal with a young linebacker core that we have, especially the outside linebacker Knows position. the organization. Knows the organization. We were hoping we could squeeze the juice, get one more year out of him, especially in like a limited oh. snap role, but he's had to play more than expected. But, and, and Harbs expects him back this season, yeah, yeah. right? So, I mean, that's that's the positive side to all this. Uh, the one thing that I thought was interesting, because there's, there's rumors starting, starting to fly, and in part because of what's happened with our running back core, mm. uh, rumors are flying on social media and, and the chatter is going more so than the rumors. Uh, Texans are set to release Philip Lindsay. Now, the Texans obviously have not had any success. Uh, Philip Lindsay really hasn't been able to get anything going, so they're releasing him. So people kind of jumping on the bandwagon of, hey, we need a running back. Let's go do it. Yeah, Drew, I wanted to get your take on Philip Lindsay because this is a guy that during as we were getting closer to the trade deadline, I thought might be a good piece to add to this roster. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because he he does give you both. He gives you the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a decent running back. He obviously had the connection to Baltimore when he went undrafted. He was deciding between Denver and Baltimore. Uh, what do you think about Philip Lindsay and his prospect of coming here? Does he play special teams? <laughs> <laughs> That'll get him on the roster. Apparently, if you play special teams you'll get snaps that's <laughs> what i hear from the coach uh i guess at this point it, it, yes obviously i've said enough i i i'm tired of even thinking tyson's getting a shot we already know that after all the talk last week right uh so taking taking the tyson out of the equation i mean he's got young legs comparable to to murray and freeman i mean freeman's done well i mean obviously you're not getting that the, the yards for carry isn't high but at least freeman seems to be doing that kind of nasty work to get 
break tackles and right. and kind of getting first downs that you haven't been seeing out of the other couple guys. So, I mean, I guess it couldn't hurt to have a look, look-see because, like I said, he is younger compared to what you've been having in here. But I just – I I do bring it in my – okay, you bring this guy in, then all of a sudden, like, is – you're going to start really just giving him snaps when you are you have guys in-house that you're just not utilize, like, utilizing at all. Yeah, to your to – your, oh, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Can't take you guys anywhere. I got the button. I had it right here. Oh man! Oh man! We're Just going everywhere. Hold on, hold on. Goddamn Windows! What yeah. is happening? Well, here? Windows is being a pain in the ass, so we're gonna have to get through this. It's just gonna have to be what it <laughs> this is. is great. There's not How much did that, that we even can do. Happen? I don't know. It's something with the back end of this, this thing. Amateur hour. I'll, I'll handle the switches. Oh yeah. man! <laughs> what a shit show! Well, no, it's it has to do with the back end, so that you guys know it's we're having some of these updates that are causing with OBS system and we transitions use and everything. Our, our stream deck. Don't so. worry, if anybody wants to donate, we would like to see. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to watch this again? This is a great video. It is a great video. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I don't know what's longer, this video or Scott's deck. I don't know. They're about the same. <laughs> this video lines. never seems that long when we're when, we, when it's for its purpose. The fact that now it's played in the middle of the show is like <laughs> but taking forever. Get, 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 it has nothing to do with switching woo! to Apple. Do not do any camera no. switches for the immediate future until I know what. Until I give the green light here. <laughs> uh, get, getting back to your point though, uh, Philip Lindsay, it would be a nice addition. Uh, like I said, I, I was clamoring for him prior to the trade deadline. But you're right. With this offense, it's not simple just plug and play and you're going to bring him in tomorrow and expect him to start next week. I mean, obviously, it took Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman a few weeks to get into the playbook, learn the playbook, get up to speed, and figure out the offense. Now, I'm not sure who said it, but somebody in the chat room, I think it was Living Legend on YouTube, mentioned a good point. Philip Lindsay does better in an offense with a fullback. We are one of the few offenses that actually runs an offense with a fullback. So I do think he'd be a good fit. I'm not going to say he's going to be a, a game changer for us and take our running game to the next level, but I do think that he could be a potential upgrade because, listen, right now out of our running backs, we're getting three yards a clip at best, three to three and a half yards a clip. We were averaging four and a half, five yards a clip when we had – you know, Dobbins out there and Gus Edwards. I don't think it gets us to that level, but I do think it gets a, gets us a little bit better uh, back back there. Yeah, I think he, he provides you something that you didn't need to. We know that Bell just didn't work out. Interestingly enough, after all the crap that happened, we hear uh, Roman make the comments last week. This is the only thing I wanted to kind of add on that, that, we, that you didn't get a chance to talk about. What do you think of Roman going off on the on his comments about you know when they, he was asked about Tyson and then he starts talking about uh, Le'Veon Bell and the fact that they would you know he he really enjoyed it and then there's rumors coming out that they wouldn't mind having him back like I mean you make anything of that the Ravens have historically done that I was actually more impressed with Le'Veon Bell and the way he handled his exit with the tweet that he put out yeah. that was pretty professional coming from him because most of the stuff that he's put out <laughs> has been trashing his other teams. Uh, so I do think that there still could be a potential for the Ravens to bring back Le'Veon Bell later. The Ravens play chess, right? We talk about it all the time with them moving pieces around and whatnot. 
nobody was, like Ryan said a couple of weeks ago, nobody was really calling the Ravens about their current group of running backs. No. The Ravens have no worries about Le'Veon Bell going out and signing somebody else. If they need him in a week or two because somebody goes down or they feel like he provides something in the matchup that they have, they'll bring him back. So, you know, it is what it is. This is just the Ravens being the Ravens. All right, fair enough. So let's get into the game itself. Yeah. Uh, seven to three is what we are now after a 16 to 13 victory winning by the skin of our teeth over the bears. Um, what are some things that stood out to you in this game? First and foremost, uh, fr from, from the, the play or, or the play calling, whatever you want to start with. I understand it wasn't a pretty game, right? And it wasn't and winning a game 16 to 13 against the bears. Got to change the camera to find out. Oh man, here we go. Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, it, it wasn't a pretty game, but at the end of the day, you got to look at the big picture here, right? You got a guy starting his first NFL game as a quarterback without his wide receiver one in Hollywood. You got the defensive side missing two of their better corners in Anthony Averett and Jimmy Smith. You got no Brandon Williams in the middle of your defense, no Pernell McPhee like we talked about. This on top of all the masses of other injuries, right, that this team has dealt with this year. They went on the road, on the road, and won a game that they had to win. Again, just win, right? It doesn't matter how you do it. And if you look at all, every game that they've won this year, with the exception of the Chargers game and maybe the Broncos game, None of them have been pretty. They've played from behind. Lamar has had to dig them out of holes. Nothing about this year has been easy except for those two games, right? The Ravens just continue to figure out a way to get it done. I know there's been a lot of faith talk in the locker room with Harbaugh. Harbaugh is a, you know, a, a God preaching man type, you know, coach. And he, you know, preaches that a lot in the locker room. But you got to buy into it at some point because, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are saying, oh, the Ravens are luckiest team in the NFL. When this happens over and over and over again, it becomes a lot more than just luck. It's next man up, yeah. right? Because when you have all these guys go down, you know, yeah, we did get back. We got back McCarry. We got back Boyle. We got back uh, Murray. Murray didn't look all that. Craig Zero, we're going to talk about that later. Murray didn't look all that great, right? Uh, Boyle. I think it was fairly – did he even get out there at all? Did I see him out there for any Who? snaps? Boyle. He was out there. He was he out, out there, there for yeah, because they, they actually overthrew him on one okay. over top of his head. Um, and then you have Makari coming back. Now, Makari did have some struggles, but with that defensive front for the Bears, they were wreaking havoc on our offensive line. Yeah, they were. Uh, most of it was on AV side, on <laughs> Villanueva's side, which – He's had his fits with a couple of players this year where he's just been absolutely dominated and beaten with speed and power. Uh, and this was a game where, what was his name? Robert Quinn, Quinn yeah. Three and a half sacks himself. I want to say the team had six. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was absolutely a problem. And again, you got a, not a rookie, but a first-time starting quarterback out there having to deal with that pressure uh, with a makeshift offensive line. Yeah, makes you real happy that uh... – Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks weren't out there. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. We're not winning this game because it's probably like 10 sacks. <laughs> Legitimately, there's probably 10 sacks. Absolutely. But you got to give credit where credit's due. Listen, again, was it pretty? Was it a Lamar-type performance? No. But Tyler Huntley in his first NFL start looked good. I mean, doesn't find out until 
he's getting on the bus to go to the stadium through a text from Lamar that he's even going to start. So it's not like he had all this time to prepare. Did he take snaps in practice because Lamar was sick? Sick, absolutely. But he didn't know he was actually going to make this start until literally he was on the bus getting ready to go. Yeah, which I like. I'm, I'm sitting there going, okay, I get it. But how how does Lamar, you know, getting him that text before somebody else gets to him to let him know, or do they do they? Because ultimately, do it? it came down to Lamar. It was Lamar's decision whether he was going to play or not. It wasn't even a team decision. They left that up to Lamar. Lamar and not Lamar getting on the probably, bus wasn't a hint to him. <laughs> well, Lamar was there. No, Lamar <laughs> no, showed up. He was up. there. Did you he not was see there. Walk in? He, yeah. No, he showed up, but he didn't show up on the same bus. No, that they he all was did. on a bus with like six people. They said right, they were trying to saying. limit his exposure. Uh, but yeah, he probably you know Lamar probably sent a text, made a phone call to you know a couple people, whoever he had to notify at the time, let him know he wasn't going, and he wanted it to come from him. Well, look, it, it worked out. He did he did well, right? When completed you completed over seventy percent of his passes, exactly, and and maybe maybe some of that Roman very conservative game game call here, which I can get given that this was such short notice. It's you know put the pressure on yourself. Would you be able to perform in a situation like that where right. you're not expecting asking it. a lot? You've been practicing, but you're kind of the the backup role, and all of a sudden you're thrust out there. Yeah. Most people would falter. He didn't. He he, he did have like slight struggles. He was sacked a few times, but we talked about the offensive line getting right. you know really kind of getting manhandled in this. But outside of that. One interception, but it really wasn't on him. I it mean, wasn't it was, on him at all. A, it was a tight window. It was a tight window. That he fitted into that he it did. fell out of him and literally on the lap of the defender who's laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it I mean, wasn't on him at all. The defender touched it before Andrews, so it affects Andrews too. So I wouldn't put <laughs> I, it all I, on Andrews either. Alf, uh, uh, not really. The, 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 the Like I said, it, it is a lucky pick. But Romo, Romo was right. Like if he would have, he kind of like held it a little bit too long. Whereas Andrews was already there, if he threw it just that little tick sooner, as soon as Andrews yeah. released and stopped, he would have yeah, been fine. It would have been better. I mean, that you know what I mean. To give him That's any kind picking. of blame, yes, yeah, nitpicking, yeah. but it, it was an unlucky pick. And there, there were a lot of those situations. A lot of a lot of plays where he was just a tick off. He was either a tick high, a tick late on you know his read and progression. And to your point. Romo is one of the best ones to listen to when he's actually, you know, breaking down oh, and critiquing yeah. a quarterback because, you know, he's not out there to destroy or rip somebody apart. He's giving you useful information as a fan. He gives to you the really straight, the see facts exactly, yeah. and, well, and it's good. And how much, how much of that, you know, with with him with uh, Huntley was because of the ultimate pressure that he was under. Yeah, they blitzed like sixty something percent of the time, sixty four percent of the dropbacks, the most in the NFL this year. Obviously, they were watching the Miami game. Miami blitzed the shit out of Lamar, right? <laughs> they knew zero how many times. They exactly. knew what was working, right? And even to your point, Drew, not having their best pass rusher out there in a Khalil <laughs> Mack or whatever, uh, when they they put the pressure on Huntley, they were able to get to him. Uh, so to be able to pull out a game like that, when also you got to factor in, Roman was calling a pretty conservative game for him, considering right. again this is his first NFL start. They're just trying to do enough to win the game. Uh, but again, offense wasn't super exciting, but he did enough late on a 72-yard drive in 79 seconds in his first career start. Not well, many quarterbacks in history can and, say that. And we talked about Andrews, but what we saw was the the effect that Andrews has on quarterbacks, period. Andrews makes makes quarterbacks comfortable. Made one of the best catches I've seen this oh year. Oh, my God. That Is catch, it, that one-handed catch. That, over yeah, top of his head. Yeah, that the one, one right, right above head. me. Yeah. <laughs> 
insane. It was insane. it was sick, and he just he was able to get comfortable with him. You saw the comfortability between Huntley and him, and it just goes to show what type of tight end he actually is. Yeah. Andrews on the day, eight catches for seventy three yards. Go ahead, James. Uh, I just want to say thank God the um, Bears have worse coaches than we do because <laughs> and, and, and a guy and then a guy that wanted to uh, I guess look like a, a star and score that touchdown because if he would just fell down oh yeah and they would the took a couple of knees they kicked right. the field goal they would probably won the game so, so I'll take that because bad coaches deserve like games like this losing we're going to talk about bad coaching and bad coaching decisions here in a little bit stay tuned (laughs) i'm going to dive into it Uh, you know we're talking about you know the oh sticking with the offense for a second you know you mentioned what you know what we saw andrews do duvernay uh came up in some good good duvernay 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 It's he said it like it's six fresh. different ways during that. That was ridiculous. Uh, but no, four receptions, 37 yards, but they came at good first down situations. Yeah. Um, Had a big Watkins, catch late in that drive, too. Yes. Watkins, uh, a little quiet, three receptions, 48 yards, but, 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 but. Big one big play late that really kind of. Was it just me or were any of us out there holding our breath when, <laughs> when that ball went hit? in the air? When the ball went in the air and I seen it coming down and I seen the defender, it happened in like slow motion for me. I'm like, oh, this is going to hit him and he's going to get hit and he's going to drop it. It's going to be Lee Evans all over <laughs> it's again. It's all right. It wasn't near the uh, field goal post. So <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. There was nothing to be scared of. Uh, now, nah, but he held on to it. So again, it was a big catch. It was a blown coverage. Obviously, yes. that's what left him wide open. It wasn't like he did anything special. Well, I mean, they also uh, that's another one where the they, they they blitz cover zero with the blow with the blown coverage. It wound up working out. Right. But the other thing that that I wanted to bring up was the guy that we've been really high on since he came back from injury. Kind of, I guess you kind of called it like under the radar in this game. Yeah. You know, in Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman had a very, very good game in this game, and it wasn't statistically. I think he only had like three catches for 29 yards in this game. So if you're looking at the box score, you're not going to be wowed by anything he did. Uh, but what he was able to do uh, to force two big pass interference <laughs> yep. calls, and when I say force them, like he, he's a good actor, and he goes to contact a la Tory Smith. It, he lets his body just go with the flow. Yeah. Like it, he's he's loose enough that if a guy puts a hand on him, he's he, his body goes hand shift. Right. Like and that's it's crazy, but it, it's the equivalent of, of you know you pushing over my son. Like it, it yeah. doesn't take much force, and his his <laughs> body is in that way that he can just absorb it and go with it yeah and again we haven't had a wide receiver like that since a uh, tory smith that was one of tory smith's specialties was taking a joe flacco pass deep down a sideline and forcing a pass interference call that is going to be super beneficial for this team as they move along the yeah. season if this is something that he can continue to develop and continue to be good at that's huge huge for uh rashad bateman uh, so, yeah, again, big game for him. Let's switch over to the def- defensive side of the ball because I think overall they played a good game. Again, okay. you're you're only giving up 13 points on the road in Chicago. You didn't know how they were going to handle the rookie quarterback in Justin Fields. You know, if any team is used to defending a mobile quarterback, obviously <laughs> it's going to be the Ravens getting a good shot at Lamar in practice. But Justin Fields a little bit more – He's, he's got a little bit better of an arm, deep ball, that kind of thing. He could throw, he could sling the ball really, really well. He doesn't have still would, kind of coming into his own as a rookie. I would classify his run vision as 
not he's still above average yeah but he's not he's not at the at the the the, the scale that you see Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson or even they're different even Pat Mahomes they're different types of runners whereas Fields is more of a physical runner I would compare Fields more to like a Cam Newton a little bit smaller okay. version of Cam Newton whereas Lamar is obviously commonly compared to a Mike Vick right, right. they're they're both dual threat quarterbacks but they're different dual threat quarterbacks if that makes sense makes sense uh but Speaking of holding your breath, anybody else holding their breath the minute fucking he goes out of the game and one Andy Red Dalton rifle. Red Rifle comes into the game? I texted the group. I said Ravens lose. <laughs> no, bullshit. Soon, as soon bullshit. as they came, I said Ravens I lose. Hey, uh, Look, no he, doubt it's Andy Dalton. We've seen this fucking script how many times? He knows, the, he knows the Ravens. He knows, how, he knows John Harbaugh. He's played against him so many times. Ugh. But look, he comes in, and what happens? It takes him two plays to score a touchdown, and it was him and Mooney. But for everybody that's coming in, going, see, that touchdown is one hundred percent on the Ravens' defense. A, a great example. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You're not getting to the fourth down one. What you're talking about? The first one? I'm talking about the first okay, one. All right. Save there. that fourth down one for later. Oh, okay, I, I got you. No, this is this is the sixty yarder to Moody yeah, yeah, yeah. on the second play that he's actually even in the game, and it was horrible tackling. Yep. You should have had Mooney down after six yards, and then he goes sixty. Yep. This has been the problem. This is uh, our How problem. Do you fix it? Our defense has been giving up big play after big play after big play after big play. They don't, you know, they don't let you nickel and dime them all day long. They just give up the 20 plus yarders, the 40 plus yarders. It's happening. Most of it, to be honest with you, is poor communication, people being out of position, and then, like you said, bad tackling. You had two guys in front of him, and yeah. he just does like a Lamar shimmy, and boom, they're gone. Like, so David's asking, is Wink losing his nah. touch? I don't think Wink is losing his touch. I Tackling just think has nothing to do with him. He has to fill. He has to make up for other holes. The players got to. He has to disguise holes. Do that yeah. tackling shit. Tackling is on the players. Exactly. One hundred percent. You're at the yeah. NFL level at this point. Like if you don't know how to tackle, you shouldn't be playing at the NFL so, level. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Maybe maybe and this that's is never where, been a problem with nah. the Ravens historically. No gang tackling no. either. Right. Maybe, maybe this is where David's kind of going. I don't know. But is there – I don't know how you fix it, but I, I, the way that I've said this, like, the past few weeks – Bingo, Chuck. I was going to say do you, in a minute. Do you, do you fix it by – are you too focused on trying to force the turnover? Well, so in the beginning of the year, I used to think that because I thought it seemed like last year when Marlon Humphrey was having so much success with the punch out, you started to see other players on the team try to adopt the same type of approach – and it doesn't work for everybody, right? It's only really worked for Peanut, Charles Tillman back in the day for the Bears, Marlin. and Marlon Humphrey, right? But you got all these other players that are buying into it, and at the end of last year, they gave up some big plays. And I thought in the beginning of this year that that was part of our problem too, was, oh, shit, here comes the defense trying to force turnovers every time instead of just wrapping the guys up and tackling them. But it's beyond that now. It's just fundamental tackling grabbing and wrapping somebody up form tackling that's a problem with this Stop squad tack why is why are, why are we tackling guys or, or making an attempt to tackle guys chest high right take them out waist low take out the legs that's yeah. where you go that's how you wrap them up and a big part of that problem in the beginning of the year was patrick queen when he was playing the mic right it was he was out of position on many things he was trying to put guys in the position he was losing track of what he was doing himself but now it's taking poor ankles but 
to Patrick Queen's credit, since they moved him over to the Will linebacker spot, he's played much better football. Having Josh Bynes out there has been a huge difference maker in the middle of that defense. A lot like an LJ Fort, you know, we yeah. said that that was an underrated loss when he went down with the injury and who was going to replace him. So far, it's been Josh Bynes. Uh, but yeah, the tackling continues to be a problem. Uh, and that, that's something that needs to be addressed. Good. Did, you, go ahead, did you see um, how they tackle at practice? With the donut circle thing or yeah. what? Yeah. And they don't put like, you know, emphasis like they're playing a game. Do you see it rolling? They're like, they just jump on it. Like, yeah. To to Chuck Summers' point uh, in the chat room, Rob Ryan is really the only difference in this defensive coaching system since we've had all these issues. Rob Ryan is the middle linebacker or the linebacker coach. Right. Uh, you know, I, I can't say it's all on him. We're not obviously in the, the meetings. We're not in the practice, but it's an issue, and it falls on the coach. No. Well, I mean, you, you brought up Patrick Queen. He led the team in tackles, yeah. right, in this game. Big tackle for a six-yard loss on third down that, that really pushed their field goal attempt back. Yeah. Enough of that miss, which we're going to get to missed field goals in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but it, it, he just – he really looks like he's doing well. It made that adjustment. I'll tell you this, though. Besides Patrick Queen, Tyus Bowser probably had his best game – Mm, maybe there was one game last year, the year before. Yeah, that he had a, a really good game last year. Yeah, so it, one of his best games as a Raven. Two sacks, another one that was taken off the board by a penalty. So he would have had three sacks in this game. He had the strip fumble that was recovered by Calais in the game. Uh, he's just, he played really, really good football. And again, this is a guy that we signed to a value kind of deal. I think it's only like a $5.5 million deal a year. Yeah. Uh, so to get that kind of production out of Tyus Bowser is good. Uh, well, so credit to him for having such a good game. And, and he had the tackle on fields. They wound up taking fields out of the game yeah. uh, in, in this game. So maybe you blame him for bringing in the red yeah, rocket. Thanks, thanks a lot, Tyus. <laughs> but I will say I, I I thought his comments after the game. I was going to ask you if you saw it because it was it was pretty pretty good, man. It, it shows his character. It shows his character. It shows you know the the installation of what's happening. Let with them the know what he said. So if you didn't see it, he he kind of chimed in and said like he started off and said, "Let me start by saying." Uh, you know, I give credit to Justin Fields. I did not mean to hurt him. I did not mean to take him out of the game. I hope he is okay. That is not what I intended to do when I was tackling him. St just trying to stop him from getaway. So I hope he's okay. And Justin, I'm reaching out to you. He basically, with the press conference, was saying, hey, Justin, hit me up, man. Right. Um, so good on him. I think it just shows the class that he brings to the table um, and the character that he just really has, you know, the type of person. 100% agreed. Yeah, I, I took the same thing away from his press conference. But let's address the elephant in the room. <laughs> this is one large elephant. Yeah. This is the play that everybody's been talking about on social media. I got involved in a pointless conversation today with somebody over this because if you're on the other side of this conversation, then I just don't, we don't vibe. <laughs> I will never want to hang out with you because I just, I don't think we're going to agree on many things if we don't agree on this. But. The fourth and 11 play with a minute and 30 seconds left in the game. You go cover zero all out blitz. Now, if you have your gambit of players in your secondary, you've got Marcus Peters out there, Marlon Humphrey out there, Anthony Averett out there, Jimmy Smith out there. And on that front line, your, if you got B. Will. Right. You got your top level guys that are out there in the back end of the secondary I might be okay with this play call. I might be okay with this. 
But you don't. You don't have Anthony Averett out there. You don't have Jamie Smith out there. You don't have Marcus Peters out there. You know who you have. Cornerback. Third or fourth string (laughs) at this point. You've got Chris Westry. Who's coming off injury. Wait, wait, wait. Who all game. All game looked like burnt toast out there. He looked What's awful. This, is this the same guy that this uh, guy liked? Not, and not Chris Westry, I, it's Chris Donahue. <laughs> I was very high on Chris Westry. Shout out to my boy Garnett West, who was very high on him as well. I know he's in the chat room. You were high on something. Listen, he's dealing with a knee injury. He's not 100%, and that was clear all four quarters. <laughs> Every time they targeted him, he looked slow. He yeah, looked like he could barely run. But you've got him. Hear me out on this. It's fourth and 11. You're not in field goal range, but a field goal gives you the lead. But you're not in field goal range. It's fourth and 11. You go cover zero and go man coverage with the wide receivers with Chris Westry. With no safety to help. Lined up against a track star. Chris Godwin is a yes. track star. And we're doing, and we're lining up Chris Westry, who couldn't cover me out there and you've got a track star going against him and all it took was a double move and boom and people are saying well then why didn't you put marlin on him well here's the deal who's gonna cover mooney it's it's not even about who <laughs> was on who it's, it's, it's that's was, my point exactly you could have it doesn't to your point it doesn't matter with the with the personnel that you have there was no scheming where that made sense period you couldn't have flopped westry and and, and it, humphrey know and your personnel exactly know who point. you have out there know the situation did we not forget about this why do we got uh, to live through this? Do we not remember this? Andy this. fucking Dalton Hit to AJ button. Green. I remember this. I thought it was the other one. Don't show I the remember other one. this. Well, don't this, show the other one. This one was a little lucky. We won that game. I don't That's care. Don't it's Andy Dalton. How many times have we seen Andy Dalton take yeah. our souls, take our hearts, rip them out of our chest? How yeah. many times have we seen this? Over and over again, know the situation. And mind you, this is when we had our best of the best corners on the field back then at that time. Now, granted, it's nowhere near the secondary that we have now. But at the end of the day, nothing about that play call made sense at all. None of it. And again, you got fans out there. Podcast or (laughs) listen. You've got people out there who <laughs> want to say, oh, the John Harbaugh situation where he talked about this in his press conference. Harbaugh went on about this, and he tried to defend it. He tried to say that, oh, well, you know, sometimes a quick death is better than a slow death. The dumbest thing to ever <laughs> say, by the way. <laughs> it was 4th and 11. That makes sense if it's first down, and now you're like, fuck, we just need to let them get in position to score real quick so we can get the ball back. One stop. One stop wins you that game. Yeah. That is well, some bullshit. That is something you say after the fact. Not to mention not that to it mention, worked out. Not to mention <laughs> in that situation, if you can at least stop them, force an incomplete, or even if you just don't let them. Your your goal is they don't get past the first down marker. That's it. That's your goal. Because if you don't, you're in position. You're in good field position at that point, right? You're you're not putting your offense in a bad position. Here you go. You go ahead. You put them in this. What about our offense in that game said, oh, we can drive the field and score a touchdown in a minute and 30 seconds. That's no problem. Nothing about our offense said we could move the ball. We hadn't scored a touchdown all game. You've got a rookie quarterback going out there against a pretty decent defense who has been eating you alive. Six sacks already on the day. Harbaugh in his head wasn't saying, oh, yeah, let's let let them score a touchdown here so that we can march right back down the field and win the game. Bullshit. No, it I'm going to call a spade a spade, 
And listen, I have not been one to like, oh, we need to fire Roman and we need to fire Wink like some fans do. But I am going to call you out when you make a piss poor decision and Harbaugh, Wink, made a piss poor decision. It was terrible. You did. I mean, you, again, if you, best case scenario, <sighs> they don't get the first down, but they get 10 yards or they come up an inch short. Yeah. They were on the 49 when that happened. So it was a 49-yard pass. Uh-huh. You're, you're just on the other side, right? You're in good field position. That's great punt field position. Right. Your goal there is simply, I don't, and honestly, honestly, to your point. Steven, I see it. No one's perfect. I get it. And that's not my argument. My argument is to, to, to try to justify it, right? To try to justify it like, oh, yeah, you know, a slow death is better, or a fast death is better you, than a you slow basically death. Just You're said, trying to justify why you did it. You basically instead just. Instead of just owning that we made a piss he, poor he, decision. He, he, he's basically not, just he's said, not saying that shit if we lost. Right, exactly. It's the only reason. It's the only reason is because we made up for you're it. You're just, you're just so happy to say it, too. This is a common thing you're saving face. It. You're saving face in this situation, and you're saying, okay, yeah, we made a bad decision, but it worked out. That's all you're doing. And to your point, even with even with all the personnel that we would love to have out there, yeah. given the history, given what's going on, given the guy that you got back there, and the fact that your offense can't do anything. Do I need to show the video again? No. Okay. Don't do right, it. Don't push sure. that button again because I had to fix <laughs> something Drew's once. Drew's over there about to hang himself. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that even with, even with everybody, regardless know the situation it's not mm -hmm. even just know your personnel it's know the situation you're in a much better situation in this game this game at that point it's in the bag it's in the bag if you just stop them from 11 yards i don't yeah, exactly. know i don't know if what you're watching this happens all the fucking time with these <laughs> our, our, our offensive coach and our defensive coach and our head coach and you guys keep on like yeah, listen, this, but this, this is all the fucking time. We're lucky we didn't fucking lose. I understand. Like this team could very easily be three and seven, just as much as they're seven and three with all the games and, and things that they've had. I've told you a million times, Lamar has single-handedly yeah, won us, us the majority of these games. It has not been the coaching staff. I am no. not, there have been to his credit. There have been, I would say probably three or four games where I really think Greg Roman called a great offensive Kansas game. City. Three or four games. That's it. We're talking about a 10-game season so far. Yeah. Three or four of them he's called a great game. But I'm not also saying that the sky is falling if they need to fire everybody and all of that either. But I will call you out because do not justify. Don't play us as stupid. It was a bad play call that just so happened to work out, and the credit goes to Tyler Huntley. For what? For coming back and pulling out okay, a okay, miracle so with a minute and 30 I, left. I agree with you. He but, saved Harbaugh's ass. But he did in that situation. But I'm going to I'm gonna call out James here for a second because he talks about Tuck, right? We couldn't finish drives. If not for Tucker, we don't win this game. Oh, he score, yeah, he scores sure. 10 points in this game. That's a mind given. You, Justin but, fucking Tucker. Uh, right. But mind you, here's the other thing, right? Santos missed the, the field goal. He missed a 40-yarder at the beginning of the game, first quarter. The, the field goal that Tucker hit at 46 yards that put them up 9-7 to seven was in the fourth, kicking the same direction. Yeah. Kicker does make a difference for a guy that put up 141 points consecutively the past three years and is continuing to put up points. This game, 
He misses one of those field goals. This is a tie game, and this, go- this game goes to overtime. Got you. Uh, back to the shitty defensive play for a second. <laughs> <laughs> just a, I was uh, trying to get past well, it. No, back to the question at hand. It's a different caveat to bring up because it's not to in any way defend. But. Oh, here we go. Oh, way had it all uh, uh, You're right. for the passer. You're right. So I'm not. I'm not. That's that, not excuse. But, but that's play. that's a separate issue. But, but, but my point being, it w- it was going to be shit one way or the other. Like, You're 100 you know I mean? right. You're 100 right. We were in the muck one way or the other. And Odafe Owe. And that would have really fucked things up. If it was an incomplete pass. Yes. And it was a pass interference. We would have lost the game. And Odafe Owe needs to learn on that. Needs to eat shit. And Harbaugh gave him some shit yeah. in the press conference as much as Harbaugh can in a press conference. Uh, you're right. Absolutely. But again, don't justify it. No, I, yeah, I'm not using it as justification. Yeah, you also that, saw so. the, the breakdown in this uh, that they kind of they kind of talked about was the fact that Stevens, yeah. Brandon Stevens, broke late on that all out. He did. Yep. And he he, there was a there was a giant hole there. that he should have been he, he should have been through there. there. He yep. just stood there and I don't know whether he's looking for the scramble or what. Maybe he's maybe he was Dalton's spy. I don't know. It just you don't, he you did, you don't spy Dalton. Dalton on a fourth and <laughs> eleven. No, that was a rookie fucking up. He should have <laughs> yeah. hit the gap. He should have hit the gap. They were, and they were expecting him to hit the gap, but he didn't hit the gap. But right. that that there's kind of so many different things here, but at the same time, again, you gotta recognize to Fred's point what's in front of you at this point. Uh but look. We won the game. I know it sucks that we, we won it the way that we did. It, but doesn't, we it doesn't suck. A win is a win. Uh, but, again, we're just going to call them out because you'd like shit. to see your for team me, perform for me, yeah. on Lamar, all levels. If that game was like that, it was Lamar, that's a pitiful fucking win. 100%. But with it being Huntley, for me, I'm like, man, you know what? A win's a win. Well, that's no Lamar, me, no Hollywood, no Anthony Avery. Miami, you had Lamar in Miami, like, made you look like goddamn JV football. So Right. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, but look, the schedule, it's 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 not easy for the rest of the season. Oh, no. We're through the cush part of the schedule. That's I mean, for sure. we've got, what, five division games left? Yeah, we've five got, out of the last seven games of the year, all division games. Browns in week 12 Steelers week 13 then we go then we go to Cleveland so we are at no. the Steelers and at, at the Browns at at the Browns home against or I'm sorry yeah home against the Browns at the Steelers home, uh, away the against the Browns home against the Packers which that's never going to be an easy game no you got home <laughs> against the Bengals which we already saw no, what the Bengals it's, it's did away, to us it's away at, the Bengals. at the Bengals we no, saw they what they did <laughs> yeah we saw yeah. what they did to us here then you got the Rams who at the beginning of the year, if you would have asked me 100%, that was one of the losses that we're taking. Uh, the Rams, had some struggles The recently. Rams have struggled a little bit recently, but they've got, what, four or five weeks to figure it out yeah. before they come in here. Uh, and then the last game to close out the year against the Steelers. So this, in order for the Ravens to feel good about going in the playoffs here, I think in, what, seven games, they need to, at worst be four and three in this stretch. They got to be 11 and six to get into the playoffs. I think just the way things are shaking out in the AFC, but I'm hopeful for a five and two run through this. Hopeful. It, it would be nice, but let we look, we got to take one game at a time. And the first game is Sunday night 
at the bank. It's gonna be rocking. The Ravens. Let's let's jump jump into that first. Yeah, uh, sure. The Ravens made some announcements of some things that they're gonna be doing to get the bank rocking yes. on Sunday night. So I want to be there. If you're not going, get there. Figure out a way to get some tickets. They're they're doing a bunch of different things. So the last home game, the last primetime game, the whole pregame ceremonies, the videos they played, some of the lighting things that they did were really really cool. If you've never been a part of a night game primetime game now is the time to do it because they're really involving the fans more what they're doing for this game is everybody's getting kind of kind of like a uh, a fiber optic bracelet that is going to coincide with music and themes that they're playing in the stadium where they're going to turn the lights out and have different things going colors and shit through the fans it's going to look really really cool um, they're also for you Oriole fans out there. Apparently, you're going to be recognizing Cedric Mullins oh, yeah. and Ryan Mountcastle at yeah. the stadium. So that'll be cool for you Oriole fans out there. So you're uh, taking Libba down. With <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he gets, he's he's gonna gonna be I'll be there first he'll class. He'll, he'll get the little uh, square like Mahomes' brother guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll post, it, I'll post a right TikTok spot. about it. Make sure. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun. Again, if you've never done a primetime game, you can afford to get out there, make it happen. I'll be in Lot H like I am every week down there tailgating. If you want to stop by and say hi, open invitation to anybody that wants to come and say hi. Uh, I'll be right underneath the 95 underpass. It'll be a good time. Definitely going to be exciting. Uh, but look, it's going to be an interesting game, too. The Ravens are opening up as four-point favorites at home, which is is good. But look, the 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 Browns, they've had some struggles here recently. Uh, there's questions about is is Baker going to be there any further, any longer than this year? Uh, because of some of the struggles that have been there. Uh, you have the fact that they have some injuries, right? Chubb is back. Hunt could be out. Could be back. Yeah, or, he's, or he's, be back. He's, ba he's been out. So they're saying that Hunt could be ready for this week. Nick Chubb in himself is going to be a problem. We've already seen Nick Chubb historically run laps around us. our defense. Uh, was he the... No, that was Derrick Henry. Who was the one that stiff-armed fucking Earl Thomas? Was that Chubb or was that Derrick Henry? The one that made Earl the Thomas. One, uh, like that was idiot. Henry, I think, wasn't it? Was it Henry? Okay. I can't remember yeah, who it he was. He got himself all turned around. That's yeah. right. That's Shit. what it was. But still, Nick Chubb ran for like 954 yards against us. Yeah. Yeah. stupid. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Browns are still going to be problematic. Uh, again, our run defense, surprisingly, has been pretty good the last couple of weeks without Brandon Williams which Brandon Williams, his specialty was against the run. But you haven't been going against teams that have been strong with the run like some of these teams uh, I mean, if you ask Ryan, David Montgomery is the second coming, and we <laughs> didn't do a whole lot against us, right? You know, and granted, some of the bigger backs, obviously Jonathan Taylor, who is probably, like Drew said in their, our group chat, I he is one of one draft pick next I, year for I'm, most fantasy drafts, probably. I am glad we faced him in week five. Because yeah. like, he went off. It was really like that really big, long pass right. that kind of blows everything up. I mean, he had a good game. Not, it wasn't just that. But, God, what he's doing now, I'm glad we don't have to face the Colts anymore. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But Nick Chubb can put up that yeah, kind of a game himself. Kind of he can do those kind of things. You get a guy like Kareem Hunt who, again, is another very elite back, could be an RB1 on a lot of teams Shit, in the NFL. Even if he isn't, Dearness Johnson looks good. Eh? Right, exactly. They've got to and, – and listen, 
the Cleveland Browns offensive line has been a problem for years. They are not a problem anymore. They're they are a very, very good offensive line. Uh, it hasn't helped Baker Mayfield out. To your point, Baker Mayfield has played well, I mean, complete it, shit, it, and he's been hurt a lot this year. It doesn't help that his wide receivers haven't helped. OBJ and the drama, he's now gone. But Jarvis Landry has had some big drops in situations. He's he has he's a, a shade of his former self as as it's been here as of here recent. Uh, so there's a lot of different factors here. Which those things, when those were happening, those opened up that run game for Hunt and Chubb. Right. So without those, you know, maybe we can sell out a little bit more on, on going on stopping the run and putting the pressure on Baker. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't with Baker because you want to get to him, you want to try to get to him quick. But Baker almost, he almost hurts himself. The longer you give him to, to make a decision, right? the worst decision he makes. Right. So it's kind of like you want to almost only just rush for all game, let him make it and let him throw into, into coverage and get the interceptions all day long. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Right. Well, listen, on the other side of the ball for the Browns, things don't get any easier. We just had a whole lot of problems with Quinn up in Chicago. And Roquan Smith, by the way. We had some problems with Roquan Smith. We had countless problems in uh, Las Vegas against those two guys. Crosby, yeah. Crosby and Yannick. Well, this tandem might be the best tandem in the league with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney coming to town. That that scares me. So it is uber important for Lamar's health to get better and get better quickly because as good as a game that Tyler Huntley had in Chicago, I don't like his chances at home against that kind of a defense. Mm-hmm. We need Lamar out there. I mean, listen, I know we talked in the uh, in the preseason about Huntley's ability to scramble and how he kind of mimics Lamar and he looks very similar. It's a stark difference, again, in what Lamar brings as a runner. It's not just straight-line speed. Yes, Lamar is fast, but he's not a 4-2, 4-3 guy. His stop and go, his anticipation, his vision is what separates him from any other mobile quarterback, uh, and you're going to need that. You're, his ability to feel pressure, his ability to get away from pressure, extend plays, he makes this offensive line better because he's that guy. Uh, so it's super important for Lamar to be back. This so week. one of the things since week since week three for the Browns, right? You have to look at what they've been able to do defensively since week three. They have only given they have only given up more than twenty points three times: right. Chargers, Cardinals, Patriots. Yeah. Think about those offenses. Now the Chargers were earlier, right? That was week four before they've kind of had they're a little bit of a debacle, right? But at the same time, when you take a step back and you look at that and you're stopping teams, look at what the Bengals did to us, right? They were able to stop them, put only 16 points up. The Browns were able to uh, only the Steelers. They lost the Steelers, but the Steelers only put up 15 points, right? Right. Tristan, that was like one time. It was back in college. They, there's some questions about the validity of that. He, to me, he doesn't look like a 4-3 guy running in a straight line, but either way, he's fast. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, my, my whole point in bringing that up was to, to your point with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, they buy, you know, their secondary has been, you know, pretty decent this year for, for the most part of the year, expect, especially considering some of the competition they've gone up against. But when they have, when they put the pressure on, when those two guys put the pressure on and they start rushing, that's where they can start limiting people from scoring. They've got yeah. a lot of sacks between the two of them. They are the leaders. 
it's something that you have to look at and you have to prepare for. You've got to know how are we going to handle both of these guys with this hodgepodge of an offensive line that we've had. Yeah, I, I think getting a guy like Ben Cleveland back it will help. Uh, you know, I, again, I, right now, I don't trust Villanueva against either one of those guys on the edge. I obviously trust him more on the left side than I did him at the right yeah. side because the right side, he looked awful. But it's going to be a problem. And again, Lamar's going to have to be on his game. He's going to have to be mobile. You're going to have to expect a lot of yardage out of his legs in this game, which yeah. obviously we've seen a lot this year anyway, but we're going to need it, especially in this game, if the Ravens want to have a chance to win. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into some primetime predictions, people. All right, man, let's do it. So let's start with Turkey Day, right? It's not the Ravens play on Sunday. We're going to start start on Turkey Day with the, the 12 o'clock game, the traditional uh, game with the Lions always finding a way, no matter how much they freaking lose, <laughs> 0-9-1. They're still playing. They're taking on the Bears. Uh, the Bears are three, three and seven as we handed them their their seventh loss on the season. Not a very exciting game. I'll start this one off. Uh, I think based off what we've seen out of the Bears, I think they're going to really limit the Lions and what they can do. Um, I really do not see the Lions putting up a ton of points. I think Drew is the only one that's got uh, a, a score that's different. So we'll kind of go there. Uh, but for me, Bears are going to win this. Andy Dalton's going to lead them. I think Fields is sitting, whether he's healthy or not, 27 to 10 in favor of the Bears. What do you got this, Fred? All right. So this game for me, uh, I don't see Justin Fields playing this week. I think it's going to be Andy Dalton. They've already kind of alluded to that as it is. Um, I like Andy Dalton in this offense better. Uh, the Lions have played the AFC North pretty tough. They've given a tough matchup to everybody yeah. in the AFC North, including us. Uh, but they're still 0-9-1, right? And it's still the Lions. They don't even have Jared Goff out there. I don't even know the guy's name that's out there anymore. Boyle. For, yeah, Boyle, whatever. Nick Boyle is apparently quarterback <laughs> now. I have no idea. <laughs> Whoever the quarterback is down there, he's going to lose. And I think the Bears will win this one pretty handedly. I've got them winning 24-17. Oh, more points than I do. Too. Yeah, 24-17 in a kind of shitty game. Drew, uh, what do you got? Uh, shitty game will reference my score. Uh, I do have the Lions pulling it off because uh, – the Bears that literally are firing a coach, but he's playing. The, he's coaching the game. Right. The, well, that's the rumor. They've, that he's. He, this is his last game. <clears throat> I mean, it's, say, let's go. Well, that's true. Let's but just it, go. Well, that's true. You're firing a, a guy. No, but you got to. You got to go coach this game on Thanksgiving. Is it a prove it game for him though? <laughs> no, like, he proves shit. He sucks. Like if you if you <laughs> learn, know he sucks. It, it's one of those, dude. If you if you win this they game, we'll keep you week to week. <laughs> people are are chaining fire his ass at Bulls games. At high school games, that was a little fucked up, by the way. For all them fans that did that yeah. one. Anyway, reel back in. Uh, so I, it's 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 duck a dead duck in the water. Yeah, it's Dalton and 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 it's Boyle. So, uh, but Lions fourteen to five. He's going to safety in this so game. Fourteen to five. Woo! I like Boyle, it because Boyle's going to like run out of the back of the end zone <laughs> like Olaski back oh, in the day. God. Oh God, that's the only thing that guy's known for. James, <laughs> what do you got happen in this game? All right, I just want to start off. I'm now. Uh, Okay. Adult now, Here we go. adult now. So I do the 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 Thanksgiving over at my house. So this oh, is when okay. I start I going somewhere else. This I thought it was too. This is where I start prepping my my food to get ready to have my family over. Because my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Me too. Me too. Christmas is good, but you know I I'm fat. Of course, I like Thanksgiving. He's got a deck that can handle his whole family. Yeah. <laughs> wow, and, that and was it, a shot at yourself. I like it. Scott. I might as well. If everybody's gonna get on board, so, why not? So I'm sorry. We're going to talk about this more, but. You know, this is a, a game where it needs to be flexed out. I'm sorry. 
when the Lions start fucking winning, they can have a Thanksgiving game back, all right? <laughs> they, they, they need to replace them and say, hey, you're so fucking bad. You don't deserve to be on TV until you start fucking winning. Yeah. I'm tired of this fucking game. This is where I start prepping my food. I don't care who wins this game, what happens, because I'm getting ready for my, my family to come over, getting the food ready. So right now, I just have this game. I'm hoping the Bears win 27-21. I'm, do- I'm done with the Lions, and it's time for uh, – it's time for, for the NFL to step in and say, hey, Lions, you're awful. You don't compete. You don't do anything. We're going to put you on the side burner because any other time we can watch shitty-ass games on TV on Thursday night. <laughs> we don't need to watch it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I got you. All right. All right. What's Ryan got this game? So Ryan has got this game. Uh, let's see. I can barely see. 20-17 to 17 Bears. So it sounds like Drew is the only one on the Lions Drew's, in this game. Drew's right. the lone wolf smoking a lot of crack call over the there. Call it. If, <laughs> I a, if I get a safety this game, you'll call suck it. That's all. If, if he gets a safety this game, I think he gets an honorary pick quick. Right. If we get a safety, I'm trumping in that shit next week. I agree. Now. All <laughs> right. a safety for the Lions. Let's move on to the midday Turkey Day game. Thursday afternoon, 4.30 kickoff. Las Vegas Raiders, 5-5, five and five, going into Dallas to take on the reeling Dallas Cowboys. 7-3, and three, record's still good. Dak Prescott hasn't looked the same since he's come back from his injury these last couple of weeks. He had a really bad game this past week. Uh, and obviously, they've got wide receiver issues there. They, they're not going to have Amari Cooper again. He's still dealing with the COVID issues. Uh, CeeDee Lamb hasn't been cleared to come back for this week. He was dealing with a concussion issue from last game. So... Their wide receiver core, as good as it was going into this year, is a little bit depleted. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott rolled his ankle last week. He did come back and end up finishing, but it wasn't pretty. Uh, I don't know how healthy he's going to be, but I've got right now the Cowboys winning this game in a close one, 31-27. to The Raiders just have not been the same team since the whole rug situation. And I think the Dallas Cowboys will do enough to win this game. Drew, what do you got? I got Cowboys 35 to 28. Uh, I think it's going to be the MVP of the game is going to be Dalton Schultz. Okay. Now. Tight end. Is he on your fantasy team? Yeah. No wonder. <laughs> but because you're, you're not going to have your top two wide receivers. Yeah, I agree. And he, he is, sneakily is, talking to fantasy, he is one of like the better tight ends all mm-hmm. year long if you don't have – those you know Waller Andrews and, and Kelsey right uh love that Andrews was the hell of Kelsey on that list yeah hey <laughs> um uh, I give the edge to the Cowboys because they I mean obviously they're always the home team on Thanksgiving but I that's why I give them the edge if this was a, any other game yeah if they're the home team I'm giving them the edge okay I like it James what do you got happening in this game well, I don't know about these Cowboys. Either they'll be hot or cold or in the Vegas with all their shit going on. I have it could be a good game, 37-31. I'm hoping that some points are sh- showed out because this is where I'm going to be eating my dinner. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, this Cowboy games are normally a good game. So I think it'll be pretty close. So I have it, like I said, 31 um, 37-31. All right, Scott, what do you got? I got to be in a, a Cowboys win. I think this is handle, handed, you know, without a problem. Uh, to your point, the Raiders are just they, – they look good to start the season. They've just really fallen off between the Gruden, the Rugs, everything. Uh, I think Derek Carr thought he was a leader in the locker room, and he lost a lot of respect from some guys. Um, so I, I just don't see them them being able to pull this out. I got this being a Cowboys win, 30-21. to 21. Now, uh, the only one, yeah. the only one that's not here to defend himself that went with the Raiders in this – 
was Ryan. He's got the Raiders winning this game 24 to 20. Uh, In AT&T Stadium, I just I don't see it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't either. Maybe if they're at home. Thursday Maybe. night game, the nightcap, when we're all like in our food comas, passed out on the couch. Round now see two. if you're gonna put a if you're gonna or, put a Lions or if you're game, James round two. If I say if you're gonna put a Lions game on, this is where you put it because this is where everybody's <laughs> just in that coma state or driving home and nobody care, nobody's just caring as much, right? Or right. too drunk. Uh, this game's got a little bit of draw to it. Uh, you got the Buffalo Bills at six and four now. Going into New Orleans to take on the 5-5 five and five Saints, both teams not really living up to the expectations and the hype of the early season projections. I think a lot of people expected the Saints to still roll with Alvin Kamara, even Jameis Winston out there. I thought A lot of people thought, especially with their defense, that they would play a lot better football than they have. But the Bills, the Bills were at the top of the AFC North, the top-rated team in the NFL just a few short weeks ago. I saw some highlights yesterday or some news headlines yesterday, people saying that the Bills might not even make the playoffs now with the way that they're playing. They have absolutely zero run game. Uh, teams are really honing in on the pass game against them. Josh Allen has kind of reverted back to some of his bad habits. He doesn't look the same Josh Allen that he looked for the last year and a half. Uh but I still don't think that that matters in this game. <laughs> I still think the Bills will do enough to get it figured out. I still believe Josh Allen is one of the more dynamic quarterbacks in the league. He will get it done. He'll do enough. He'll beat the Saints 30-24. to 24. Uh, Buffalo Chuck says Buffalo Bills <laughs> went 34-20. to 20. We know that you would pick them. Uh, but uh, I, for me, I've got this being a Bills a, a handed win here again. I think the Saints have, the Saints have had too many struggles. Uh, I think the news that we're going to get into later is going to play way too big of a role. It's going to be it's going to be all over the 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 uh, simulcast, and money, it's just going to not be worth money, it. Money, uh, money. I think the Bills are are going to find a way. They recognize that if they keep going the way that they are, uh, they could be out of the playoff situation. So I think crazy this is where to they think start. that. I, I think this is where they start turning it around. Uh, so I see them winning this one, twenty eight to 19 uh ryan also has this not a very very high scoring game he's got the bills winning 20 to 13 in this game james what do you got i have the bills uh winning 24 to 19 again this is a game the bills have to win uh i don't know with uh the saints with Payne hill a ridiculous contract which i don't get why they're even wasting fucking money on we'll that we'll talk team. about it yeah uh, <laughs> but uh yeah they need to win I guess they didn't call the Ravens for a running back because, you know, they're stacked over there, like like Fred said. So uh, They gave us one in the Tavius Murray. 24-19. I'm talking about the Bills. Oh, the Bills. Oh. Gotcha. Go ahead, Drew. What do you got? Uh, yeah, clean sweep. Bills, 23-16. Uh, these are two of the better defenses in the league. So I, that's why I wouldn't think it would be a, a huge high-scoring game, which nowadays 23-16 is like that kind of average score almost. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how a lot of their scores have dropped from what they were at the yeah, beginning yeah. of the year. It's crazy. Um, uh, Kamara is probably not playing this game again. Yep. And, I mean, that's their biggest weapon. That's a backbreaker for yeah. them. It, it really is, and it's, it's proven it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, it just really is. I, you know, it's going to be Hills. It's going to be Simeon. It almost doesn't matter. Like, they'd have to be that stout defense for the Saints. Like I said, these are two, two of the better defenses. It almost have to be like they are getting turnovers left and right right you know they get three early turnovers then that could be a whole different ball game but i i think bill's yeah. got it good call googs uh saints actually gave up two because freeman was down in new orleans as well that's right so yeah, they that's gave right. up two good guys. point googs uh so all right sunny night the one that everybody came here to listen to who gives a shit about those other games <laughs> it's sunday night Ravens. football we got the browns coming into the bank 
to take on hopefully Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Again, this is going to be a game where the Ravens are going to be tested on the offensive line. They're probably going to fail on the offensive line with the amount of talent that they have on the defensive line. Uh, but, again, the Browns are reeling. Uh, they have a couple of really good running backs, and if they get Kareem Hunt back, that's impactful. Uh, so it's really going to come down to can the Ravens limit the big plays against the run in this game? I don't yeah. think Baker Mayfield's going to go out there and throw for three or 400 yards hurt. like sure, some quarterbacks. He's, hurt. He's hurt. On, he really yeah. shouldn't be out there. I honestly think Case Keenum at this point gives them a better opportunity to win. We may even see Case Keenum come in in this game, Very second half of this game type thing, especially if it's close. If it's close and Baker's wincing and wanging and he took a hit or this, that, and the other thing, and they feel like they can pull a win out, you might see Case Keenum come in in this game in the second half. But I don't think it happens. I think the Ravens do enough. It's going to be a close game, just like an AFC North game would be. Uh, I mean, it took Lamar coming off the shitter to win the game in, in, <laughs> in uh, Cleveland two years ago, right? So I think the Ravens win this game. Uh, 27-23, and hopefully Lamar Jackson's not on the shitter in this game. A lot of people chime in and saying the Ravens, and really in this room, we're we're all on the same on the same boat. See what uh, we'll did get that. To that. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, we also all have it one score game. Uh, I think it, we all agree it, it usually is a, a nail biter esque type game. Anytime we're playing uh, the Browns here here lately, right. um, so I, I think it still will be. Uh, but I do see them pulling it out. Uh, it, it will come down to, to Lamar having a fourth quarter touchdown like we've see, been seeing, but they're going to win this game 24-17 to 17, uh, in, in my book. James, what do you got? <sighs> well, <laughs> this was a hard one for me because <laughs> you guys talk about um, Baker, you know, he might be banged up and he can't throw and all that. Last time I checked, they don't throw the ball. They just give it to Chubbs and he just right. runs his shit all over the fucking Ravens. So I don't care about Baker or Keating. Those two fucking guys in the backfield could do some damage. And I picked the Ravens and I have it kind of close because I'm being generous because it's Thanksgiving. But <laughs> Lamar coming back from being sick. I know when I'm sick, I get come back. I'm not 100%. I don't feel good. My muscles are still sore. I think he's going to get beat up. I, I don't even think he plays this game, but I feel the Ravens can pull it out 21 17 because you're going to have all the electric stardust, as, as Fred's saying at the game. <laughs> and hopefully everybody's got it's that. It's going to be a Disney kind of night. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's going to be a Pixar movie down there filming. <laughs> um, I, I just hope the Ravens win. It's good. That defense on Cleveland just worries me about, um, you know, getting to. That's fair point. All fair points. What do you got, Drew? Ah, uh, Ravens. It was a tight. It was it was actually kind of a tough one for me, but I think it is one of those where you give the uh, the home team the edge. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got Ravens thirty three twenty eight. But yeah, if it isn't Lamar, then I that's a bad prediction. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just in general, but uh, it's just something like it, it seems like I almost have visions of if it is Lamar and he's fine and he isn't like a, a complete shell. I, it's almost visions of that game from the Monday night game last year. Yeah. Just, I, I you got that visions all over again. Like, this could be another electric game. Well, yeah. uh, you got Garnett out there. A lot of people are saying Ravens, but you got Garnett chiming in saying 28 to 24 Browns. Point being, it's it, everybody's got this a pretty close game. It, it is. It is. But, but the resident who can't defend himself again uh, in Ryan is going Browns in this game by seven, 27 to 20. Bro, Lamar. 
Lamar isn't playing. All I'm going to tell you is Ryan's got the worst record of all of us in this. No, that's me. Oh, is it? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it, it's, it's Ryan. Ryan's 24 and 15. Oh, never mind. Drew Suck is it. 25 and 14. He's <laughs> a couple. Last couple weeks have been pretty yeah. good. Drew is 25 and 14. Uh, Fred and myself are 26 and 13. But as much crap as we give him. The man. James is 29 and 10. He's Started got his from the three. bottom. Now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Started from he's the doing bottom. good until, until, until that Maryland gambling fully kicks in and then his, he turns to the shit. So he's got us. Now, the last one I will I will give a little bit of a preview that this is where Fred and I could either make up a game, make up one or lose one. Here comes a sleeper game. So here's, oh, here's, the, game. here's the game. Monday I'm night. I'm not watching this game. Monday night, 8 15. You've got the 3 and 7 Seahawks coming into Washington. Who's four and six by some miracle the past few weeks they've been That's able sad to that it takes a miracle to be four and six. <laughs> I don't know, but it worked. Whatever. Uh so let's start with James. Who are you going with in this game? I have this game going to Seattle. I think Russell breaks out finally, like I like it, Garnett. I have Seattle winning forty one twenty seven. The only reason why Woo, is, That's a high um, scoring game. Yeah. Washington's not that great. Their defense isn't something Wilson needs to have a a a, a game to say hey um, I'm back bitches I'm back so if anybody he wants to pick me up, up next year or you know put me on your team this is why oh, and I uh, see him in a Steeler uniform. my my son he loves he loves the fucking Seahawks and when they lose he's fucking awful the next day so I just hope they fucking win because I can't deal with another <laughs> another uh, morning with him waking up. Fair enough, Drew. What do you got happening <laughs> in this game? A great, that's a great line right there. Uh, WFT twenty four fourteen. I I don't think I I think he came back too soon with the with the finger Russell. Yeah, with the broken finger and then and that defense has actually been playing pretty good. I mean, look what you know they they beat Brady. They got some turnovers against Brady. They had a long ass possession. Yeah, that helped. You know what I mean? It shows you that Heineke's clicking. It's not yeah. like you know what I mean. It's not like a backup quarterback anymore. He's the quarterback, right? Yeah, I got you. I mean, listen, Heineke has been more than impressive to me for for the lack of experience that he has. He's he stepped up and he's played well. Uh, you know, Washington football team obviously lose their star defender in Chase Young. He's now that out sucks. for the year with an ACL. I really like Chase Young. I like him as a person. I like him as a competitor. He just seems like the ultimate teammate, what you would want on your team. Um, but here's here's the thing. Uh, to your point, Russell Wilson has not been the same since coming back, and I still think that finger is bothering him. No run game. You got DK Metcalf out there sucking on ninnies. I, he just doesn't look like himself. <laughs> I don't think this offense is doing anything. Chris Carson is an underrated loss for them. They haven't been able to get anything going in yeah. the running game. I think the Washington football team will somehow figure out a way to win this ugly game, and they'll win 23-19. to 19. You and I are along the same lines because I was thinking all the same things. I just – Heineke is is the guy that is making things happen right now. And, you know, you, you talk about the, this defense, but this defense hasn't let – outside of the first, I think, three games, they haven't let anybody score more than 30 points on them. You know, for, in this day and age with quarterbacks, it's, you know, it's pretty decent. But they've, they've been able to hold that. I think they continue that. I continue to think they just barely pull it out. 23 to 20. I'm going to one up. Yeah. <laughs> you price is right. <laughs> price is right. In or whatever Everybody says their scores to one person. <laughs> Mine actually were in before his. I will say that. All so. right. And Ryan to round this out. 
goes Seahawks. So we got He's two got- on Wa- or three on Washington and two on the Seahawks. He's got them winning 27. Right now, that makes up like a lot of ground or completely bottoms out. <laughs> right, 27 to 20. Let's go to social media shout out. All right, James, it's time for a social media shout out. I've seen a lot of people in the chat room. This one's sponsored by Liquor Stop. Who's been out there chiming it up? Uh, everybody. That's what I'm going to say. Everybody's been in the chat room and chatting it up. I'm glad. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yeah. So let's uh, get off with uh, Dave. We got Chuck, um, Stephen, Garnett. Uh, and Dave was the first to chime in. I'm sorry. I have to get that out of the way. Uh, Garnett, Stevens, um, Samuel, uh Joe Carlozo, Joe Shipley, Kamar Flock Nation, John Sharon Sherry, Living Legend, Audit, uh, John uh, Guggs. John Guggs. Guggs. You got it. Nice seeing you at the game. Yeah, man. Um, Zach Brown, William Diggs, 98. Zach Brown in the house. Yeah, 9876. Alex. Can I get a chicken fried? So, you know, it's it's been great. They've been chatting it up. Uh, love the comments. Keep it coming. And uh, like I said, back to the show. All right. Well, All right, look, as you said, this one's sponsored. Oh. <sighs> oh we Damn windows. So That's all it was. Good. It had to have been. Had to have been. Windows. We're giving the social media back out. Another yeah, shout yeah. out. Multiple shots. We love you so much. We had to do this again. Give another updates to us. The in, the out. It's all we do. Uh, But as we said. Just in case you missed it the first time. Yeah, this one is presented by Liquor Stop. Uh, This one is their Oktoberfest. It's from Left Hand Brewing Company. We have actually had this one before. Uh, This is their Marzan Lager. Uh, As they say, it's from our hand to yours. So the Thanksgiving kind of theory behind it. It's also the the reason that he gave it to us this week. It's toasted biscuity malt balanced by spicy noble hops with a clean lager finish you've opened your second one over there so i know that you've got to be liking it at six i'll, I'll be honest with you like i don't remember having this this might have been one of the episodes that i was I out. Think you were out okay so that makes sense i i actually enjoy this and i'm not much of an oktoberfest fan i don't i don't like all the pumpkin flavored bullshit the pumpkin <laughs> spice fucking cereal i mean you, everything you walk down an aisle at this time of year everything is pumpkin spice i don't usually like the october now fest switching beers. Over to peppermint and i'm i'm a big i'm a big sam adams guy right I, I like pretty much pretty much every sam adams and i'm not a fan of the october fest this one is actually pretty decent i mean it's 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 smooth uh, it doesn't leave. It's not overly hoppy. It doesn't leave a bad aftertaste, and it's six point six alcohol. I mean, it's good alcohol content. So a couple of these beers will get you a little nice buzz. And Dave says uh, it's November. Yeah, I know but it's November. It is yes. November. <laughs> but they he, must be running some kind of special in this, then, Scott. <laughs> yeah, but no, he he said that it was because of the fact that it, it had the you know the the biscuits and thinking about uh, Thanksgiving and and having a biscuit with yeah. your meal kind of thing. So it, it pair it pairs well, so to speak, is what it, what they were looking at. So make sure you head to fifteen ten Conowingo Road. Let them know that Birdland BS sent you. Get your ten percent off. All right, fellas, it's time for some, I can't even believe I'm saying this, some bros, bows, and o's. What? I can't believe you're saying What are we even doing it, right now? What year is this? I can't believe you're saying it either for the simple fact that you, we said last week that we weren't going to, we weren't going to do this anymore. Uh, and here we go again, that we're pulling it up and making it work. Right. Uh, 
biggest new news, quote unquote, quote unquote, um, and, and Drew, I'll kind of let you dive, dive into this one, even though it, there's no diving needed. <laughs> Trey Mancini, he's comeback player of the year. I mean, when you beat cancer's ass. <laughs> Yeah. And you play 147 games. I don't give a shit what you do on the field. And he still had a pretty good game. He I'm pretty the, pretty he, sure Alex Cora quoted it or named him the like, uh, well, yeah. oh, he, first game of the yeah, year. First game of the year. Yeah. Yeah, comeback player. You don't need to say anything else. The guy, right. like I said, the guy beat cancer. He, he Even during the season, he had his downtimes. You've heard it in some of the videos that you've seen. I, I know, like, one guy specifically said Mullins, like, even when he was down, like, you could tell, like, he still was upbeat. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he had those dips. I mean, he, he he was really good in May and June. It seemed like the, it kind of took his toll on him a little bit, but it doesn't fucking matter. There's no one else that you could give that award there, to. There's few times. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, guys. That's on me. Three times the charm. Did you press that? No. All right. sure how, right. I don't know what is happening right now. Is there a way to turn that off? I turned it off, so I don't know what the hell's going on, but we're going to have to figure we're it out later. We're just the social media. Yeah, I can't wait to see Christ. it a time. No more cam changes. We're just going to stay on this cam for the rest of the night. <laughs> but what else? there's been a couple of times in recent memory, too, where there's just been absolute layups for comeback player <laughs> yeah. of the year. Obviously, in the NFL, Alex, Alex Smith, Smith year, was yeah. an absolute layup. Trey Mancini was the layup of the year. And, and regardless, statistically, of what he did or was going to do, he was going to be the comeback player of the year just by getting back out there and playing baseball again. Uh, but listen, he didn't have just a pedestrian year. I mean, he was still a, a force in the middle of that lineup for them. Uh, and I think he's going to get better. Uh, you know, obviously, he probably dealt with a lot of fatigue. None of us in this room can kind of relate to going through that or have any idea. But I can only imagine the amount of uh, just pure strength it took to day in and day out and go out there. 162 games a year is tough for any player to do normally, but to do that coming back from all those chemo treatments and that kind of thing just goes to speak to to how good of shape that this guy's in. That keeps himself in mentally and physically. Mentally, you took it for mentally. I think it's fixed. Yeah. By the way, to not think that like you know, oh, this is like <laughs> I don't it's trust it's way on your head I do. to come back. Right, you know what I mean? Like that would be any cancer survivor that, that has to weigh on their mind anyway. All right, then you take it the fact like having to play baseball on top of this. Let's try this. Well, Let's try the, this. the reason the reason go. that I wanted to talk <laughs> Orioles, <laughs> the reason I wanted to talk Orioles, obviously Trey Mancini, that goes without question. But the other part uh, was Rule Five draft protections went into place the other day. Right, so the the way that the Rule Five draft works, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, is it's you have to create, finalize your 40-man roster, and of those 40 men, they are all protected. No other team can pluck them from your roster. Outside of that 40-man, everybody is free game, and the way it works is if a, if a team is to claim a player from your team in the Rule 5 draft or a team is to cl claim a player, they have to keep them on the roster for the entire season in order for them to count and stay with that and team. And to explain the, the explain the rule 5 side of things too is what it comes down to is is when you when you draft a player they have there's there's kind of a clock that kind of starts. These guys can't just sit in your system forever, right? Because then you then you get guys you get people that just start them and they're paying these guys to do it until they're ready to bring them up, right? Right? And you can have some of these guys in your system for a long period of time, especially guys that are uh, later round draft picks, like some of these guys, not all of them. Uh, but it's at some point you have to bring them up to the major league level or get them experience. Otherwise, 
it's up to some other team. And at that point, yes, that team has to keep them on their roster. Okay, so when you're looking at 40-man, right, you obviously, all your 25-man active roster players are already occupying 25 spots on that 40-man roster. So you've got 15 other spots that you've got to, got to fill in, right? Uh, I would imagine most teams probably have most of their top draft prospects protected and a good portion of their talent at the double and triple A protected in that 40 man. Most team most teams are only going to put like three guys in this situation where they're not going to be able to be plucked from another team. Right. They don't have that many to deal with. It's it's two, maybe three. Right. Um, and it's it's worked out for us on both ends because we've had guys that we've kind of said, okay, we don't care if somebody plucks them and they nothing becomes of them. We've never heard of them. Right. Um, but then on the flip side of that, we've also benefited from the rule five drafts we've seen that yeah anthony santander prime example here recently uh that that was a rule five guy that comes so down. was ryan flaherty back in the yeah. day go ahead drew and add a benefit hopefully i'm not getting it wrong because they don't let the, like like rutschman and rodriguez won't be going to be 40 man but they're not eligible to be drafted it, they're they're not up for rule five eligibility after like two years i think it takes okay so you'll you'll if you if for fans if you'll you'll see that like oh if you go into the roster of, of players and you'll you see the yes next to the 40 man of guys that are on the 40 man you might not see it on Adley. don't freak out that they're like oh He's god not they're, they're not yeah. that one that's never gonna happen anyway and two i think it he has one more year like him and like a grayson uh gunner guys like that they're not going to be on the 40 because You're not wasting a spot anyway because they still have two years of and, that eligibility. Yeah, like and the way that that works, just, just so yeah. I'm clear, that's on all draft picks. So all yeah. draft picks yes. are protected for the first two years yeah. that they're in Yeah, the because system. when you're drafting, it's supposed to be – it's it's so that you can't just draft somebody and, dr and drop them just to block them from from some other team type thing. I got you. So there's a lot might, of – And you might have a guy like, like Adley. He's going to be your starting catcher <laughs> right. next year or the year after. You know he's going to be on the forty man. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to waste a spot yet. Well, let's let's go down the list. We're not going to name everybody that was, you know, on the forty man roster and all that, yeah. and the players that aren't. But I, I just wanted to point out point out some key players that were protected and a couple of key players that weren't protected. And I wanted to get both of your takes on these guys. Yeah. Uh, that obviously the top name uh, of the group that was protected that I thought was pretty much a no brainer. Left handed pitcher D L Hall. 23 years old. He's their number three overall prospect. Give me a hell yeah. Absolutely. That's a hell yeah. He's an MLB top 100 prospect. Pitched very well for Bowie. He obviously had an injury that put him out for the rest of the year. Uh, but again. He's throwing again. Uber talent. He's throwing. I saw that the other day. Playing catch. Uh, left-handed pitcher, you're not going to go anywhere. So that's that's a layup there as a protection, correct? Yeah, you had no, to. Yeah. you had to. You had to. You had to keep him. A guy that you and I were high on uh, this to. past year, right-handed pitcher, Kyle Bradish, 25 years old. He was involved in the Bundy trade. Um, yeah, careful hitting buttons. Dominated. <laughs> you're right. Dominated at the Double A year uh, level last year. Pitched okay at AAA when he came up. Yeah, he had, he had a rough some start to the, but yeah. he he finished off the year pretty strong. Right, could be part of the MLB rotation next season, maybe mid year, uh, just depending on how they they address the rotation and free agency and that kind of thing, and how obviously he does. So that was for me number two, my layup of a protection. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. This is a guy that he made his way through the system quickly the and, next, and looked the good. The next two on the list are layups for me too. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. I'll say. I'll say that. I'll, I'll agree with that. The next two are hundred percent layups. All right. So the next one, infielder Taryn Vavra, twenty-four years old. He was in the Givens trade to the Rockies yeah. last year. 
Guy can play anywhere you want him to. Yeah, he's a utility-type player, uh, and that brings a lot of value, especially in a Rule 5 draft. You know, you don't typically, unless they're uber-talented, you don't see them draft guys with for a Rule 5 with potential when you have to carry him on the MLB roster the entire year if he's got if he's limited or pigeonholed to first base or to left field or right field, a corner yeah. outfield spot. Guys that have the versatility, like I said, Ryan Flaherty, he was Steve a guy Pierce. that right. Guys that have that versatility are guys that are going to be attractive. And Taron Vaver, to me, I think that's why they protected him is he brings that value for somebody else to want to pick him. Hundred percent. He he's a guy that you could, like we said, you can play him anywhere. He can play infield. He can play outfield. They've tested him in the outfield and it works. So you can definitely do that. Now I know you said the next guy was also a layup, Kevin Smith, Smith yeah. another left-handed pitcher, twenty-four years old. He was in the Mets trade from Ca- for, Castro, for Castro, right? Like, just think of what you just said right there. Kevin Smith and, and Vavra came for deals that, like, you just did. All right, well, we just got to let's get what we get for this guy. Right. I mean, Gibbons a little more than Castro, but the fact that, like, you you have a guy that, like, notable for being on your 40 man and being a decent, top, you know, prospect for a guy that would never have fucking panned out anyway. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense. So, the other guy, now, this one was. A guy that kind of came out of nowhere towards the end of the year last year. Didn't even know who this guy was. And then all of a sudden, when you looked at his numbers, when we were doing some of the down on the minors updates or whatever, this was a name that was like, who the hell is this guy? But he jumped off the charts. Right-handed pitcher Felix, uh, Felix Bautista is a reliever. He's 26 years old, right? So he's a little older for a prospect, right? But here's the thing. In the system last year, he flew through all the different levels, started at Aberdeen, finished at Norfolk, pitched well at all levels, ended up with a 1.45 ERA last year combined, 15 Ks per nine innings. This guy's got a live arm and, in my opinion, could be a piece to add to the bullpen out of spring training that early. I'm with you. (laughs) Okay. Not sold on this guy. You're protecting a 26-year-old reliever. Okay. Okay. Let me just again. You're protecting a 26-year-old reliever. He's been in, he's been in the farm system for five years now at 26, and just this year he blows through. Right. I I understand that hesitation. I'm not sold. The, a blind squirrel can find a nut every once in a while. If he I, was a starter, I agree with you. But he's, he's you're protect, but that's my point. You're protecting a bullpen but, guy. But here's the thing: a reliever is much easier for a team to stash than a position player. So his probability of being picked, in my opinion, would be higher than. Uh, and especially if you're asking this guy who came in again through three minor league systems this past year and pitched really well, he's got a live arm. Teams desire. You that just said that he went through three bullpen. minor league systems. He had yeah. one good year. I get that. I understand that. But it sometimes and Buck Showalter preach this is it takes somebody four or five years in a system to really find their own there are exceptions to the rule but at 26 years old i get it's a little older for a prospect but it's if it's a piece at 26 year old that you think can contribute to your major league roster this coming year that's important if there wasn't guys on the not protected okay we'll get to that we'll We'll get get to that that. that. you might have my attention but there's guys on the not protected list that I would have chose over this guy all day long. All right, Drew, I'm going to ask you about this guy because this was a guy I didn't know a whole lot about. I'll be honest with you, uh, but I he was read about him today. He was he, yeah, he was another name that was ended up being protected. So what you two just said was no, I knew him, <laughs> I knew him, but 
it, it did come out of nowhere being put on the 40. I, th- I think, like, again, when you talk potential, right, there are some things that are attractive about what I've heard about this guy, and it's right-handed pitcher Logan Gillespie. He's a 24-year-old, another reliever, signed last year as a minor league free agent, pitched well at Aberdeen, uh, did okay at Bowie when he got called up. What you like about him is he's got a live fastball. 97, 98, pretty good command. He's got a good breakaway slider. Um, so he's kind of not quite the level as far as arm talent as like a Tanner Scott would be, but he's up there as far as his fastball capability. And if he's got command, I understand why this is a piece, but why wasn't this guy on my radar prior? I'd never even heard of him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I guess he kind of just – he did just kind of f- fly under the radar. I mean, he did just sign with them last year. But – He's got the kind of that stuff that you always hear about. So I think the the kind of thinking of from what I'm reading in the tea leaves, like this would be a guy that they would go out and try to get in the roll five draft. Right. So instead of just going and getting a, a equal player that you don't really know, you know, this kid, right? You don't want to let go of that, that live arm, or you want to think you can rein it in in the next couple of this years. This one makes sense. He's 24 years old, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. that's that, that youth, and he's getting through, and he gets through through Aberdeen and all that stuff. I, I think, to your point, Fred, there's just – it sucks. It's weird that he's he did fly under, under the radar, but look, he's here. He's young. He's got life on the fastball, which is what, what really intrigues me about him. At 24 years old, no arm issues that we're aware of, throwing 98 miles an hour consistently – I again, I'll take that over the 26 year old reliever who's just now getting to the triple A level in a, in a farm system. Right now, that makes sense. So, oh, yeah, yeah, well, let, yeah. let's Fire go down fastball in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the catchers are talking now. Yeah, he's let's, in. let's well, go down some notable names. Let's go down some notable names that weren't protected. And I, I found this list. It was six players that somebody else had rated out there. I'm not even sure who it was as six notable players that weren't protected. Of this six, there's two that are alarming to me. The other guys are just kind of eh, and I don't think we have to worry about them going anywhere, but there are two names that I could very easily see getting selected off this list. And to your point, when you're protecting a guy like Bautista and Gillespie, I may have been more keen to liking these guys and protecting these two. We'll start with the pitcher, another lefty, a left-handed pitcher, Nick Vespi. 26 years old, so he's on the higher end of that age bracket for uh, for prospects. He's a reliever as well. He was available last year in the Rule 5 draft, didn't get selected, so I think maybe that's in the back of the Orioles' minds when they're thinking about it. He's got a high K-to-walk ratio, so there's a lot yeah. to like there. Uh, he did struggle a little bit when he got to the AAA level, but again, he'll, he'll get, I think he can get that figured out. And you, like just so, you just sold why he's not why he didn't he didn't get protected right right you didn't do it last year he didn't have much better of a year and show you show anybody anything that would that would push you in the direction that oh yeah we should protect this guy plus his age is getting up there with the minimal minimal to low success but here's the thing i understand but it's a small sample size of why he didn't succeed it was a small sample size he struggled at triple a but more recently he was dominant in the afl and the, yeah, Arizona the, Arizona, fall league, the Arizona Fall League wears a lot of single and double A guys. Uh, you're playing a good against, mix, but it's top talent. It's top talent, but a lot of it's top talent that, that you're looking to get them the extra look to see can they make another leap. That's what the Arizona Fall League is about. Is most of those guys can they make a good leap or a solid leap to AAA level? 
when you're playing against those single and, and double A type guys, yeah, you should be able to dominate as a pitcher that's in the triple A farm system. You I should do. be able to do that. So it's not that impressive to me. This is another guy that I, I think it makes sense that he's not protected here. You're you're alarmed by it. I'm not. I think everything you're saying lines up to we shouldn't we shouldn't have thought about protecting this guy at all. All right. Now the next guy. Hold on. Let, let's oh, get okay. Drew. Good, Drew. Drew, what's your take on Vespi? Uh Kind of the same thing. It's nothing really that chime in. I mean, you're kind of taking the gamble. I mean, there's going to be players like him that you have to take. Like the, everyone on this list that's that's held off the no, but there's going to be guys you have to take that risk. If you, I, my thing would be the thing that that was against him was, like you said, that last year he didn't get he was in, he wasn't protected last right. year, and he didn't get selected. Right. So that's probably that main that main cog is you're that's you're taking a gamble. You don't want the, the obviously they love they love the guy they would want, not want him to go anywhere but the fact of the matter is like you got to put people in that list that they, I mean there's people that can't go on the list we people saw a very them. very similar name last year at Zach Pop yeah. get selected very similar skill set very similar production at the minor league level uh, so that's my concern there the other guy and I think we're all concerned about this one the other guy at least I would assume outfielder Robert Newstrom this is a guy that we talked a lot about this year yes. Lit it up in the minor league, specifically at Bowie. Struggled wow. a little bit at, at Norfolk with the power at the start, but then went on a run there later. 25 years old. What's What you like about him is he's a power bat from the left side of the plate. Yep. Again, that's important at Camden Yards. Um, you know, he hit very well at Bowie. Not a great defender. So, I mean, if you're looking at anything, his average wasn't great this year. Not a very good defender. Again, this is if somebody's going to claim him, they got to keep him on the roster the entire year. Do you think Newstrom has a chance of getting selected? I I think he does have a chance of getting selected by someone. This is the surprise that I would have I would have thought they would have protected. And this is one of the guys I would have taken over Felix Bautista any day of the week because this is a guy. When you look, he has the potential to to kind of does. Did he struggle a little bit? Yeah, but to your point, he kind of he kind of came up. This is a guy you could start in. You know, in a situation where he's on the 40-man, he starts in the minors next year. He doesn't have to be on the 25-man. He just needs to be on the 40-man, right. right? Put him on the 40-man, start him in AAA, see if he continues. And if he does, you can bring him up because right now, who's your left-handed bat in the lineup? Right. Set him all. That's it. Right. Well, uh, to answer Adit's question, he says, is Kyle, Stower, Kyle Stowers a similar player to uh, Newstrom? Could he... Could be why he was unprotected. I don't think he's a similar player. Stowers is more, he can play all three outfield positions. He can play center field, left field, right field. Newstrom is 100% going to be more of a corner outfield. Yeah. And oh, right yeah. now, like the Orioles system is loaded with a bunch of just mediocre outfielders. And I think Newstrom is in that same boat as a mediocre outfielder, especially defensively. defensively. Yeah. But what he brings in left handed power hitting ability. Uh, I I take him any day of the week over a DJ Stewart, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, or a couple other guys, right? That that just have been lingering around that are taking up roster spots. Uh, so to me, this is a name that I would have liked to have seen protected. Drew, what do you? What's your take? Oh, please don't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was fun. The funny part of it was I started paying attention to him after that Tuesday night game we went to Bowie in the yeah. summer. I, I was like, the guy's got a hockey name. And I was like, <laughs> it just seemed like it stuck with me ever since. And then I started following uh, the Verge. You had right. to follow the Verge. So I know they they love him. 
I think it's one of you have more depth at that spot, uh, you know, with it being a lesser of a of a tool in his outfield. But man, I, I hope he. I just all I can say is it's just I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a yeah. guy. He's a guy that you know I, I've followed him since he was in Aberdeen. I was up there when he was first yeah. up there, and he was he was a big name at Aberdeen at the time yeah. uh, because he was he was doing really well. He go he goes up. He does continues to do well. To do well has some struggles, but and again, I don't think he's reached his potential yet nah. with the power either. Like I mean, he hit I think just under twenty home runs between the two levels this past year. And let me tell you, the one that he hit. Oh, man, I forget where they were playing, but it damn near went out of the yeah. stadium over four yeah. decks. Yeah. was absolutely absurd. The kid has I think ridiculous they were, power. I think they might have been in Tennessee. I don't remember where, where they were at either. It might have been Pittsburgh or somewhere up there. But either way, it, it, look, the, the fact that this kid, you know, you talked about ladder, shot ladder, ladder half of, of the, the year, what he could, you know, what he was able to kind of put together. Yeah. Think about why that was. Right. He had more time. With the Pabooey hitting coach. Right. Where's that hitting coach now? Yeah. At the major league level. Right. Right? If you can get more input from him, bring him to the stadium every once in a while. Put him on that bus. This is a guy I'm fine with him coming up and out of the bus. Take some swings at the stadium. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Maybe it happens. I, I just was surprised by it. So the next couple of guys that are on this list, I'm just going to go down real quick. And you guys tell me if there's anybody on this list that really jumps out at you. Right-handed pitcher Blaine Knight. He was a former third-round pick. He's been up and down so far through the system. Pitts really good at Aberdeen last year, struggled at Bowie. Right-handed pitcher Cody Sedlock. He was a former first-round pick of ours out of, uh, I think, Illinois is where he went. He is not impressed at all no. in his short career. This I mean, his third year being unprotected. I mean, what does that yeah, tell you? Exactly. So I, there's no fear of him going anywhere. And to be honest with you, I don't know how much of an impact he's ever going to have at the on the big league club. Anyway. And, and here's the deal: it, we do. There is compensation that can come back for to a team. They have to pay 50, 50 grand in order to get these guys off Rule Five. Right. So to them, that's drops in the drops in the bucket. That's one of these guys' salaries for the year. It's not and that if big they of a deal. Don't hold on to him. You get him back. And, right. Well, you get him back, and you get twenty five grand back. Yeah. So you know, it's it, it's. It's, it's cheap at that point. One, so. one guy that I was a little bit surprised on, infielder Patrick Dorian. He's another yeah, guy we watched up there yes. when we were in, too, yeah. when we were in Billy. 25 years old, played well last season, could play all over the infield, all the infield spots if you need him to. But so here, another utility type But guy. here's why he's he goes unprotected, because you were either picking him or Vavra, and with Vavra being two years younger, that yeah. or a year, Makes about sense. a year, year and a half younger, they're, they're very similar type players, can play all over the infield. I think Vavra gives you a little bit more because he has been tested in the outfield i don't believe that dorian has been in the outfield if if it has been it's been very very limited we haven't heard about it much any other guy on this list uh the last guy on the list i don't think we have any fear of going anywhere again i don't even know how much of an impact he'll ever have at the major league level i think he's just a piece he is a former teammate of adley rutschman at oregon state shortstop caden grenier second round pick uh High Doesn't, strikeouts. Yeah, he hasn't had a very yeah. good bat so far as a professional career. He's a decent defender. Again, there's really not a whole lot of draw for him. I don't see him getting picked up, at least not if, this year. If his bat starts to develop this year, then maybe you look at protecting him next year, being that he's you know he was a second-round pick, so okay, fine at that point if the bat starts to develop. If the bat doesn't develop, he's just a decent defender and – and honestly, that's not going to get you to the major league level on a consistent basis. So let me ask you this. Speaking of Adley Rutschman, right? Uh, one of the things that I looked at when I was looking over these <laughs> lists of who was named and who wasn't, who's on 40 man, who's not. Uh, Adley Rutschman. Not on the 40 man yet. Not on the 40 man yet because he doesn't have to be. But 
There's no catchers on the current 40-man <laughs> roster. Not one. One name that I'm so glad is gone, Pedro Severino. Thank God. He's getting paid, what, $1.65 yeah, million a year? experiment is over. So my question is, do you guys legit think that Adley has a chance to break camp with the major league club, or do you see the, the Orioles going out and signing a couple free agents and slow starting him? They're going to go sign a free agent just to, as, a, as the intended backup. Right or or potential starter if you're not if you're worried about Adley in spring training or something, but you got you got to go get some depth there because if he goes down you're fucked. Right at that point, yeah, uh, I mean he's, he's the best he's the best catcher. We talked about it last year. He's the best catcher in the league to start the season last year. Right in the organization, so I, I think he he's most likely this is indications are unless something crazy happens. Now, granted, we still have the January uh, the the uh, winter meetings that'll happen early early January. Um, Trades that can happen that happen at that a lot. Um, some some backside deals with uh, with free agents. You'll see some. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you because there have been some rumors that the Orioles actually might spend some money in free agency this year. How much we don't know. They might spend five dollars. They might spend fifty million dollars. Who knows, right? But my question is, like, you mean, wait, wait, wait. You mean they need a catcher on the forty man, and it only costs five bucks? We got two in the room. <laughs> <We got two. laughs> Woo! Done deal. I'll sign tomorrow. But here, here, here's my question though: Like, are pay me, there? Pay me what I make at my job. <laughs> right now and i'll do it are there any <laughs> names out there that you guys have heard of as a catcher that might be a stopgap right somebody that they think can actually come in kind of be a mentor for adley for one season right pay him 10 million dollars a year whoever this name is i don't know who the free agent catchers down, are down out there <laughs> but to be that kind of a mentor to adley because even if he does break camp and he is on the roster i don't know that he's the day one starter at catcher. What's Rube Baker doing? <laughs> Jake Taylor. <laughs> Hear me out. Never going to happen. Okay. But I got a theory behind it. Crash Davis. Buster Posey still retires in orange and black. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Again, it's a crazy theory. I just I, joking around. But, no, I, I there's not... There's nobody out there. Crash Davis. I, I mean, it, it's really not. It's not anything that that's nothing's jumping off the page of you that you're. They're gonna go. Get, I mean, so are you of the mindset that Adley will be the opening day starter at catcher? No, I think he. I think he has to be. I mean, I think it makes sense. The only. The only other thing I can see them doing, and this is just, I, I don't see. I, it comes down to defensive, and it would be a backup to Adley, but I wouldn't mind it giving the history. Where's Greg's on? I don't know what Matt Weider's contract looks oh, like. Oh, Jesus. How Mary, much does your wife pay you to say that? You. That was no. just for her. That was just for her. Drew, all seriousness, I, do you I think Adley starts? In, I was the first one in here that said he was the opening day catcher. Yeah? I yeah. stick to my guns on that. Now, okay. who the backup catcher is, I, I can't say that's a You don't even have to name a guy. If you really think Adley would be the starter. It wouldn't surprise me that, that Adley is the starting catcher. On opening day, and then there's someone they're taking the Rule 5 draft is, is the backup. Really? Player. You think they'll go oh, okay. Rule 5 as a backup? That's yeah. not a, okay. That wouldn't be a bad game plan. I can see that happening. Because, I, I mean, see if it, I can see that or free keep agency. Keep him on the roster anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's a catcher you keep him on the roster anyway, and it's a catcher that would get experience because he wouldn't be catching every day, obviously. Hopefully. Wow. You would, well, well again, maybe. I, I'm joking around with the guys I that I said. Think, but my, I do think Adley's the opening day catcher. Uh, I've always said I'm it. joking around with the guys that I'm saying in Posey and Weeders because of the simple fact of you just need to go get 
a, a veteran that's at the back end of his career. Maybe he's been a, a, a starter. Maybe he hasn't been, you know, another guy that just jumps off that is a decent defensive catcher that could be back up and fill stop gaps. Uh, a guy like Castillo. Right. We saw Castillo here before he could he could come back. I don't know where his contract is with the Rockies. I I, I don't know. But there I think you have to bring in. Is it a rule five guy? It's, Maybe. But I think that's where some of the free agency comes in is you go get somebody that can come up and help him deal with with any of the pressures. I think he'll be able to deal with it. But I think just having somebody else there, I just don't know who that is. I honestly don't think from a catching standpoint, not he a hitting, need help. He, he doesn't. Like he does. he's, he's not Matt Wieters. Like Matt Wieters, when he came in, was learning how to call a game, whereas Adley Rutschman's been calling a game his oh. entire career, right? So yeah. he, like, there's not going to be a whole lot of transition from him from a defensive standpoint to the major league level. His bat's going to have to get adjusted. So – I would normally agree with that take. I just don't think it's as important with him having that veteran backup, but who knows? I mean, I, I could be wrong. It's still so early in free agency. There's a lot of things that could happen. A lot of guys that could be released. There could be a lockout. Yeah, there Austin could wins. be a lockout. Right. They can never play. Back. Right. There's just a lot of things. There's a lot of things that could happen. It's all speculation. Speaking of speculation and rumors, <laughs> right? Floating around the warehouse. I heard some rumblings today. John Means name being mentioned hold on hold on i'm not even gonna say it drew what do we have to know about this rumor uh buster already sucks <laughs> agreed <laughs> or is there something else you expected me to say no nope, that's exactly what okay, i thought you were going because well i i i don't like only i won't i have no problem saying it uh you can see me put it on twitter um he's been doing nothing but shitting on the orioles the last like month and from what I've heard decade. from our bit, our, our, well, I'll just say literally what's been happening last yeah. last month or so. I'll go with, okay, that rumor came out as by him. Kabako today was on the radio on my way home, said, I wouldn't use the terminology that Buster only used. He used dangling. What the fuck? Like, obviously, Kabako just said, what does that mean? You're so vague to saying that they're dangling. They're not doing that. But if that obviously they fielded calls on yeah, so anybody in their system. The phone is on, and, and they're, they're going to listen. So, it's always going to be on when you're a rebuilding team. So the, you're not. I'm sorry. I, I want to run a little right. right. You're not but, saying anything that no one said that, that anyone with knowledge says. So with only putting his little fucking little report out, <laughs> it's just, it really is. It's just throwing the coals to keep throwing the coals. Right. Somebody using just, your terminology to make it look like ah, these cheap fucking bastards again. Getting rid of all their best players again. Somebody, you. somebody just, somebody just probably told him and under, under, you know, their their insider information. Yeah, we're thinking about trying to go after John. And he Means. ran with it. The, the, the Orioles, the worse. Orioles say that they're, you know, they're they're taking, they're willing to take anybody's call. That's it's, that's probably what was said, right? And to your point, the rumor is that the Orioles are shopping and dangling. John they're not Means. shopping. And they're just fielding calls. So right, somebody wants to call. Who I will take. Right. I will take a Connolly or a Kabako's word for above anybody else's. 100%. Their agree. word says they're, they will listen to everybody. They're not dangling anybody out it's there. It's just to, to your All point. Right, it's spitting they're not going words. to you let, saying, hey, guys, here's let, Mancini. You guys want the comeback player of the year? They're not going out doing that. Let's yeah. talk facts for a second about John Means, though, right? He's 29 years 29. old. 29. 29 years old. He's a pitcher that has shown flashes but has not been able to stay healthy. Right, he's had the longevity issues with his arm. He has yet to throw for an entire full season. Are you, if you are a GM, fielding those phone calls and 
actually considering this? Because do you consider a 29-year-old pitcher who hasn't been able to put together a full season a true piece for your future? Going into this season, I would have I would have said no way this guy this guy is our future number one. I think he's still our number one right now, right? But if somebody's willing to offer something for him, I, I'm listening. He's left he's a left handed guy. He's a left handed somewhat of a of a strikeout type pitcher, mm-hmm. right? He's had a high, he had what the 11, 11 or twelve k game or whatever it was or thirteen k's. I forget how many he had, but it was strong game, he had strong the showing. Too. Had the no hitter. Thanks, uh, Severino. previous previous year you know had some struggles obviously with with everything that happened but even the year before that his his rookie year really stood out there's still some youth right there but remember this guy came into his rookie year at 26 yeah right we talked about the 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 age on some of these guys is he going to be around in three years is he going to still be able to be throwing with the injuries that he's had is he going to be able to be throwing 93 94 we did see his drop velocity drop off a little bit he was throwing 96 97 then after the two injuries and the soreness and the fatigue we start seeing it come down to 93 94. 94 consistently are we seeing a tapering off Possibly. So, yes, if someone is calling at the beginning of the year, I would have said no. Now, after seeing him this year and seeing a, a slight tick with the injury and then a, the, the drop in velocity, I, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Drew, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with the the, the sad reality of uh, uh, John Means is he's the number one here. He's probably not the number one. He's not the number, number one. He's four, the number, number five. Let's, let's number say, three, four. Let's just say in like 20 other teams, he's not the number one. So the problem is teams aren't going to send you a package of guys for a third or fourth starter. Like that that's the sad reality of it. And it's an older guy. So you're at that weird, that kind of precipice. If you're a fan looking in, it's like, all right, well, you're, if you're not going to get the best package you see fit, then he's he's still our ace, right? You just hope that doesn't go south before you can really cash in. Go ahead, James. The only way that this is interesting for teams is his contract, right? Is a control, yeah, yeah. and control, and that's beneficial and, to and anybody. Have arbitration after that too. If it, if it works out, it's a, you know it makes the GM look good, but then he just. You know, I love John I think, Means. No, but I think it's the same talk as you know we're fielding calls for the Ravens running backs. Like right. I think it's some of that. Like it has to be. You're not getting much from him, but a team. You never know. Like the Dodgers or or the Padres may take a risk I, because he's so cheap. It could work out. I think it an interesting nothing. thing with him could be if he comes out this year and he has another first half and doesn't get hurt. July. He's going to command a, a to, way bigger package. To yeah. that point, my head was actually going package. a little bit ahead of that. So my idea was get to spring training, show that he can throw 96, he's 97, yeah. and he's back healthy again. And if you get a team, to your point, that is missing that third or fourth starter that thinks they can add a, a cheap guy like John Means to the rotation to be beneficial, and you get that maybe not a tier one prospect, but yeah. you get a couple of tier or two, one of their top tier pitching three prospects that pitching they prospects they could have been calling well, up at Tommy John or something. And you get some right. of these. You, need to stop you get some of these teams too that are that some of the theories and some of what some of what some teams are doing. We've seen it. We saw it out there with the Dodgers. The Dodgers five starters. Anywhere else, 
are ones and twos. Yeah, and they're paid that way. And they're paid that way, right? So if you, get a, if you get a team like that, some of these teams that are kind of stacking some of these pitchers up, you know, maybe it's a, maybe a, a team like Milwaukee who not knocking on the door this year of the playoffs and say, we need a fifth starter that can bring us around and save us and not have us be right. this, this ac accidental loss. Or punch a wall. And it might be, <laughs> they might be willing to part with it and say, okay, we're willing to give up a little bit of extra to get that guy that's going to that's gonna bring the rotation back around to where it's almost a, a, another number two, number three starting. Right. No, that's a great point. And that, He's the only player I'm fine being traded out of, like, the three names that you would expect to be traded. And not to get off the subject, but Aberdeen's uh, celebrating their 20th year this year. I don't know yes. if you saw that they're, yeah. Yeah. they're they're going to their retro uniforms, and they're going with, like, a light blue. They're going with a new right. I saw that, the new I'm logo I'm and excited. everything. I might have to give me a jersey. Yeah. You know, hopefully, maybe we can do, like, they you know, do shit like there. that for yeah. fans just like you. And, 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 ex and the other thing, too, by the way, uh, you know, you talked about Aberdeen having some stuff. We got tagged in it on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the Bowie Bay Sox, if you do not follow them, go follow them. They are doing a bunch of giveaways. Of Christmas. I think it's like uh, December the 3rd, Friday, December 3rd, something like that. There's one date where they're giving away a luxury uh, suite for a home game. How so, luxury it's going to be in Bowie, I but mean, you know, whatever. I thought you were going to say luxury. Wouldn't it be cold a bit up in a suite no, when we were there, right? Like, I'm just joking. We love <laughs> the take care of you, uh, but no, it, it's one of the it, it's cool. All the different giveaways and stuff. This is the thing about yeah. the minor league organizations that's great, and especially the Orioles. I feel like the past few years have really embraced it. Yeah, so. no, it's awesome. Real quick side note: speaking of uh, lower level tier systems, the Mesa Solar Sox, woo, winning titles, baby. Arizona Fog League champions. For those who don't know, this is the club that the Orioles players uh, who participated in the Fall League are playing for. Most notable names were a couple guys we talked about earlier: Vespi and Gillespie. So. Want to make sure we give a shout one out to them. One you protected, one you didn't. They are Arizona <laughs> Fall League champs. All right, guys. I guess I'm on an island on this one by myself. It's show and tell time. <laughs> I got you on this one too. I did. I did watch watch the game and pay attention to it. So Drew can go to the bathroom. We're good now. All right. So we're gonna start with football as the uh, the Terps lose big and they get their asses kicked to number six Michigan, 59-18. Fall to now five and six on the year, still looking for that elusive sixth win. Yeah, this one was was, was rough. Uh, obviously, starting with uh, I know Googs. I know. With C, we, yeah, I know. We don't want. We don't want to have to do this. Uh, but starting with the senior night, um, obviously the honoring. It get, was it was cool, man. The, the ceremony that they did. They had the families kind of all spread out in groups, lined up on the field, and they introduced each player. Honestly, like I, I realized the size of the class. I think it was like twenty four players in total uh, were seniors going into this. But when you start looking at some of these names, man, you start thinking about where this team is at right now. You're going to be losing a guy like Chigakonkwo, the yes. tight end who's been a beast these last couple of weeks. The Bennett brothers, as I call them, even though they're not brothers, but the two Bennett <laughs> corners out there, you're going to lose both of them. Carlos Carrier, who's who's kind of super senior, jumped onto the scene a couple games this year uh, after Dante Demas, which Dante Demas, another senior, who does have the – obviously they have the one year extra of eligibility if they want to use it because of the COVID year. Uh, but a guy like Dante Demas, he may have played his last down as a Terp. We'll see. We'll kind of see what happens with the NFL draft. But you can see for a lot of these guys the emotions – uh, I got a little choked up even seeing Demas come out because you could see how emotional he was. And the Terps, you know, we give, we give a lot of credit to the Ravens 
and how good that they are with their social media team. You know, shout out to the Terps and the Terps social media team too. <laughs> They've been good all year. They put together a video. It's just a short video. It might have been a two or three minute video. It was basically a thank you to the seniors, and it was a, a video of each one of the seniors sitting down and watching this thank you video from the coaches and staff and whatnot. Uh, and you saw Dante Demas cry and get choked up during the during the video. Yeah. Uh, so you feel bad for these guys. You know, this a lot of these guys, this is the last time they'll ever play football again, you know, and have that kind of team camaraderie and, and, and being a part of something like this. Uh, hopefully for some of these guys, they'll get more opportunities in the pros to extend their careers. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was cool the way that they did it and uh, thank the seniors. Yeah, definitely, definitely a good approach. Uh, now the game... The game started off, I will say this, the game started off not as horrible as the score would have alluded to because with four minutes left in the first half, it was only, it was still only 14-3. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but literally everything that could have went right for Michigan went right, and yeah, when the floodgates opened, they fucking opened, after, and it was bad. After that four-minute mark, they scored a touchdown and off of a fumble by Maryland yeah. uh, to, to end the half and just started running away. It's 24 to 24-3 at half, and it's still like, okay, it's like this is starting to look bad. It wasn't bad in that four, until that four-minute mark. That four-minute mark, I'm starting there going, yeah, this could get out of hand real quick. Yeah, and it did. We talked about it on Shell and Tell. Like this was going to be one of those games where the, the Terps were going to have to play perfect football. They weren't. They couldn't make the mistakes that they had been making, especially down in the red zone. Well, it penalties. started right away. They killed themselves again in the red zone. They had four penalties in one drive alone in the red zone. All four penalties in the red zone, and that started in the first quarter. And you knew right then and there that this was going to be a long day for the Terps. It was. Uh, Talia statistically probably had one of his worst games as a Terp. He only threw for like 58% completion, which this is a guy who's usually in that 70 to almost 80% completion range, uh, was just overthrowing guys completely missed Corey Deitches twice in the end zone. So you, not only are you shooting yourself in the foot with these terrible penalties in the red zone, but then you're actually missing on opportunities that you do have. Yeah, uh, and, and you, I mean, you mentioned the four penalties. They had eight penalties in this game total that cost them 59 yeah. yards in this game. Yeah, four of them were on the same exactly. drive in the red zone. <laughs> so it just it just continues to be a problem with them. Uh, the, the fact that they, you know, obviously you, you mentioned them not really being able to get the passing game really going. I mean, they, they had 100 and, uh, 178 yards on the passing, but from the rushing standpoint, 181 yards. They really only were able to put up just under or just over 300 yards in this game total. Yeah, Lee is usually putting that up himself through the passing game, but they did do better in the run game. Go ahead, Joe or James. Uh, Real quick, I was sitting home watching it, and I know what had to kill Fred and and, and Ryan at the game was uh, I think it was after halftime or before halftime when he kicked off. And they did the lateral pass back and just took up the field on your <laughs> I side. I wasn't even going to go like, special teams I, no, in this. I was like, I could just imagine Fred and Ryan just sitting there like, this is the shit I'm talking about. Yep. Get rid of the fucking It's guy. like you were there, James. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting there oh at home. God. I'm like, they just did that right in front of Fred and Ryan on uh, the same sideline. Just running right listen, past it, dude. Listen, special teams <laughs> has been so bad this year that I fully expected it to be bad in this game again, but I was still very disappointed. It's just, it, it, I don't understand it. Again, you've got a coach out there who has NFL experience 
what the fuck? I've never coached a day in my life, and I feel like I could go out there and do a better job than this guy. It's been an absolute shit show, but I don't even want to go on special teams on this because there was a lot of things. Like I said, Talia didn't have a very good game in this game. Penny Boone, who's a guy that Ryan and I have been clamoring to get a little bit more involved in the offense, get a little bit more carries. He had a rough game, a couple of really easy drop passes out of the backfield. Uh, you know, I don't know if he was playing a little bit nervous or what. It was just uncharacteristic for him to have that kind of a game. And it wasn't – they just weren't efficient either, right? Third downs, they were 3 of 14. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it you're not, you cannot expect to win a game. You can't even expect to be in a game if you're only getting three first downs out of 14 on third downs. Now, credit to Michigan because, I mean, again, I ex fully expected to lose this game. I would have been happy if they would have been within two possessions, two scores, and I would have felt content about this loss. I'm going to tell you now, Michigan has a severely underrated wide receiver core. Because if you look statistically across their board at their wide receivers, nothing really jumps out at you. And if you listen to anybody who watches this team, they're not very good. But you know what they are? Fucking athletic. They're super athletic. And, and let me tell you, their quarterback and their wide receivers. Well, they, they had four quarterbacks in this <laughs> game, mind you. But McNamara had a connection. <laughs> And they must practice the fade to the corner of the end zone every day for like an hour a day just throwing that <laughs> ball because it was so pretty. They did it a couple of times. You got in this a pretty game. good look at it, didn't you? I did. I had a very good look at it. For sure. <laughs> Two, both of them were on the opposite side of the field, but I could clearly see. I mean, it, the perfect pass. You were able to truly watch it develop. <laughs> there, there was no way a defender was going to get their hand on the ball. Uh, and then outside of that, we talked about this team presenting issues through the run game. Well, yes, the running backs did good. Hassan had a good game in this game, but it was Donovan Edwards who was the problem, and it wasn't running the ball. It was catching the ball out of the backfield on screens and short bubbles. He had 10 catches, a running back, had 10 catches for 170 yards in this game, mostly in motion out of the backfield where Guys weren't following him, and he was left wide open coming out of the backfield. So we talk about, like, the miscommunication things with the Ravens. You're seeing a lot of those same communication issues with the, with the Terps, uh, and yeah, it's been week in and week they, out. They've, they've struggled, and we've talked about that, right? From a defensive standpoint, there's been problems. It, it, one of the things that's been surprising is – and I feel like maybe part of it with him is he just feels he needs to make up for so many other people. Is Nick Cross? Nick Nick Cross has had some real struggles. I feel like he's he's early, trying to do too much. That's right, the and problem. that's that's my point. Is he's trying to make up for holes and trying to make up for other people, and he's actually hurting. In all reality, from a from a selfish standpoint, he's hurting his own value. Because I don't think he's, he's been like, he no? hasn't been that bad. No, I mean I do think that he's playing a little bit too much up in the box sometimes, and I think that's because of the poor linebacker play and some of the injuries that we've had at linebacker we did see brandon jennings get back out there in the field he looked a little confused and a little lost on a couple of plays in that again not getting out in coverage against the running back donovan edwards i saw reuben get frustrated with a couple of guys on the field and end up having to leave his assignment to go guard the running back again it's just simple things communication things that need to get cleaned up uh, but to your point, James, you, again, we saw all four Michigan quarterbacks in the game. All four of them looked look, good. Uh, they all did their own thing out there. Yeah, exactly. So this, again, it was an ugly loss. 
there's no justifying it. There's no painting a pig pretty on this one. We got our asses there kicked. Was, there was a lot of Michigan fans there, too. There were. Oh, yeah. We sat right in the middle of it. You know how we are. We yeah. sit right in the gist of it, and there was a ton of Michigan fans. And the section was empty after, like, the first first. Oh, quarter. yeah. This was, quarter. The, this was quarter. the earliest I had seen the student section leave in this game. They I mean, brought they, the flag down early. They've been they, holding it down previous. They, but. I, I give a lot of credit to the student section. We've been doing that all year. I mean, the student section for the football team has held out really well this year. <laughs> But justifiably so at halftime, they're like, yeah, fuck it. It's Friday night. We're going to party. Or Saturday night, we're going to party. Whatever. Uh, Jim was was just licking his lips at at halftime. Right. So, And he wasn't wearing brown khaki. He was wearing blue khaki. It was a little different. (laughs) Interesting. So I look look at the the Terps right now, Mm -hmm. and here's what I would say to them. Look, if you had one shot. Or one opportunity. Oh God! You're going everything you yeah, ever yeah. wanted in one moment. Knees would you capture it? Are heavy. Or just vomit on his sweater already. Mom's Mom spaghetti. spaghetti. He's nervous. He's <laughs> <laughs> vomiting on his sweater right. already. <laughs> but no, look. Here's the deal. Oh, you have one shot in front of you in this Rutgers game. You got Rutgers up next. Rutgers is five and six. They're fighting too. Yeah. I mean, listen. You. We talked about it all year long. How important. Getting to a bowl game is. I don't give a shit if it's the Meineke Bowl. I, I don't care what bowl it is. Get to a bowl. Spaghetti Show bowl. progression, right? Ryan and I talked a lot about why this Michigan game was so important to get the win was because not only do you secure the 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 bowl game, but you do Mentally, it against emotionally. You do it against yeah. a top tier team. That's one thing that this team that you've kept close all year with other with other teams like that for the most part. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what games you've been watching. For, my well, my point is they they haven't had that marquee win yet. Right, getting to a bowl game is a step, and it's a big step. But I don't know how that impacts the current roster and the fluctuation within the transfer portal. You might see a lot of guys at the end of this year bail ship and find a, a, a better situation and leave, which is only going to hurt this program in everything that they've built so far. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being a pessimist, uh, but. It comes down to this game against Rutgers. I can tell you now, if they don't get this win against Rutgers, it's abandoned ship. Fucking everybody's gone, and we're starting from ground I, zero again. That's I would my imagine. Take I would imagine the way that this team started. There's got to be some frustration building for some from some of the guys, especially some of these guys that it's their you know the, the seniors. It's their last chance, yeah. so to speak. Um, and I think that's that's one of the things you got to look at. There, this is a close game. This is going to be on paper, and really, in my opinion. It will it will play out this way. This will be the toughest, meanest game they have played all year. You've got it better two, be. Well, it better be the cleanest game. But I'm saying that because you've got two teams that this this is it. This is their shot. This is their opportunity to make it to the next level. This is written. I wouldn't have it's I a playoff game. Right. I would have been I wouldn't have been surprised to actually see this game get flexed into a, a primetime type game because because of what the <laughs> Nobody matchup gives means. a shit about no, the Terps except for the, the five people who are in this room. <laughs> Wait, I just think if if you play it up that these are the two teams these two teams are playing for their uh, fighting for a bowl opportunity, you could play Think about it from a marketing standpoint. The marketing could am, be there. And it wouldn't work. Okay. I love All your right, heart. I love where your head's at. Yeah, I'll, I'll be wrong. Yeah, I'm back from there's, a lot of right. there's a lot of college football out there. <laughs> yeah, there is. So uh, getting into Rutgers a little bit, to your point, five and six. Uh, so they're on a similar path. They're, they're, again, both both teams fighting for that bowl win. 
they're not a whole lot to worry about on offense. Um, they're a balanced offense. You know, they're equally as good on uh, through the air as they are on the ground. There's no super superstars on this offense. There's not that one guy that you got to make sure you account for. Um, but on the other side of the ball, defensively, they're a very, very good football team. They're averaging 10. They're giving up 10 less points a game than we are on average. So that goes to show you they're t- giving up like 23 points a game to our 33 points a game. Uh, so defensively, they're good. And their two wins in the Big Ten, they beat Indiana 38-3. to I know Indiana isn't a great football team, but they beat them 38-3. to Hand- beat, manhandled them. They beat Illinois 20 to 14, who we struggled with, but mm-hmm. we did beat Illinois. But Illinois also beat some top level talent this year, right? So, yeah. again, this team, it's not going to be a walk in the park by any means. It's going to come down to how mentally tough are they? How, how bad do they want it? How prepared are they as a coaching staff and as players? How, how serious do they take this week in practice? to get as prepared and put all things on the fucking table. Ryan and I have been talking about this for weeks. One thing that this team has yet to do is to throw any kind of fucking trick plays out there. They have done literally nothing from a creativity standpoint. There's no wow factor. All chips are in on this table. I want to see every fucking trick play card that you got tucked up your sleeve, (laughs) pulled out in this game, because that's what it's going to take to get this win. They have to get this win. It's so crucial to this program. It is. It's And it's crucial. You know, you talked about the, the transfer portal and needing yeah. to win this game. Right? Here's the other thing. You lose this game, it's going to say a lot to some of the recruits out there. Exactly. Right? So the, it's not just a transfer portal. It's the recruits. It's the transfer portal of guys thinking about wanting to come here or right. wanting to ask for that transfer exception. Right? There's a There are long-term Esque, right? Because everything it's it's college. It's four years, right? Yeah. It, it's long term esque implications of this game. You have to come out fighting, and you've got to keep this competitive. If they start running away with this early, if it gets up fourteen nothing, twenty to three, whatever it may be, if this starts looking like that Michigan game, hey, this team only lost to Michigan by one. To Goog's point, we just got slaughtered by Michigan. I'm and, just saying, and Rutgers normally has our number. Yeah, I, I talked about Rutgers, Rutgers this, is a much season. better program than what they were a few years yeah. ago. And and to get people to get here, as as uh, Ryan was said, they're going to love our locker room. Oh, yeah. So, well, it's going to be this, solid this is on the road. This is up in. No, I know that, but yeah. I'm talking about when the. He's uh, talking about recruits recruits come in. Yeah, 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 but what is a recruiting? What is a recruiting? What is what is a facility there's, do if I if I go there and I still don't win? That's like, the thing. That's right now, these kids. Maryland has no more excuses. The facilities are done. The facilities are there. Everything that you've been clamoring that you needed to be on that that same level the as the level. top tier as some of the top tier colleges out there, you have that. The board is done. Everything visually and from a freaking just university standpoint is there now it comes down to production on the field and that's from the coaching staff and if you miss this you have it's to super detrimental. you have to if you think you have to step you have to worry about the timetable that you start you know people start looking at locks because of the the repercussions that come out of recruiting and stuff like that there's it, it doesn't matter how pretty fa- a pretty I, facility and, and nice it is. if i'm not going to be able to really get my talent to the next level and go bowling and do these things that these guys want to do and play as a true Big Ten elite team, 
You've got it. You've got to win this game and start that path. You I've don't, never no wanted to go to Detroit so bad in my life. <laughs> because Ryan and I talked about it. If the Terps go on a bowl game, if they go to a bowl game, we're going no matter where it is. And right now, talk to Googs about this the other day. The way the bowl tree kind of points, it shows us in the quick lane bowl, which would be in Detroit. Get me there. Get this win. Get us there. I'm hoping, man. I'm pulling for you. I think the Terps will do it. I'll put my prediction out there real quick. I do think the Terps will win this game. It might not be ugly, or it might not be pretty, it, It's it's. but I think they'll do enough to win it. It's going to be close. I got it like a 30-27 to 27 game. We win by the skin of our teeth. Oh, man, I hope I'm not just drinking the Kool-Aid, but I really, really think the Terps can If it happens, out. I'll point you to some good stuff in Detroit because there ain't much out there. <laughs> That's all right. Give so, me two or three I'll, things, and I'll, I'll be I'll go. I'll go with the Terps are barely able to escape this by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, They're not winning this game. All, on a kick at the end of the game. 27-24. Okay, so we're right there within a couple points. Yeah. Side note, speaking, speaking of recruiting, Recruiting's not going to get any easier for a long time. Nope. Up against Penn State, at least. Penn State reached an agreement on a 10-year extension with head coach James Franklin that's going to keep him through 2031. James Franklin's rumored to have been, you know, potentially interested in the USC job and a couple other jobs that were out there. Uh, so Penn State did what they needed to do, and they locked him up. I cannot fucking stand this guy, but somehow he continues to recruit in our backyard. I just looked uh, up his contract. It's pretty sweet how they have it set up, too. Yeah. <laughs> that, that man has has incentives to make extra money. Yeah, and he honestly, like, he really hasn't done a whole lot since he's been there. No. He continues to get the recruits and whatnot. <laughs> but he chokes. But he chokes. He hasn't won a big game, a big bowl game yet. Uh, so it, it's it's crazy to me, but again... Well, who you go go, out and get that's that? what I'm saying. It, what it, does this university really attract considering the the black cloud that still hangs over them as a university with everything that happened there? Are you really going to find a big name that's going to want to come there to replace a James Franklin? No. So I think Penn State did the right move here. I don't know if it was the right move for James Franklin personally, but it was the right move lock for up Penn for that State long to now. lock him up. Yeah. All right, let's switch over to the, the hard court. We'll go over to basketball just for a second. Team is now four and one on the season, supposedly playing through the cupcake part of their schedule. But let me tell you, not a single one of these fucking games have been a cupcake. Nope. They've all come Close. down to me stuffing my face with cupcakes in anxiety because I think they're going to lose every game. They come down to the wire. They fall out of the top 25 after losing to George Mason. Go down to the wire against Hofstra, Hofstra. Yeah. blocked three-pointer was the only reason they won <laughs> right Hofstra now I understand the competitive balance of college basketball has gotten better because the transfer portal a lot of guys are transferring from these power five schools and they're going into these smaller schools and they're getting playing time where they weren't getting them at the power fives and then they well, get here's the thing and this is what I told Ryan these smaller schools like the George Masons of the world, like the Hosters of the world, they might have two or three guys, like guys that they got from these power five schools. But outside of that, they're still the same talent level outside of those two or three guys. This is the University of Maryland. This is supposed to be a top 25 program. They're supposed to be loaded from top to bottom in these top level recruits. We should still 
Because historically, when you think of the first like four or five games, the out-of-conference schedule, these are like the games you're winning by 20, 30, 40 points. you got your third and fourth string guys in there. We're having to play our best talent to the last whistle in that game. Do you it's think, alarming. Do you think some of that has to do with these guys? You know, this isn't the same team as last year, right? There's there's several guys coming from the transfer portal. There's several recruits coming in. You think some of it is is the need to mesh that you really didn't have as much last part of year? It, I think part of it is that, but again, to the point of all the transfers, that's the same excuse you could give to all these other schools who have all these new transfers in, right? They're all trying to mess too. Doesn't seem to be affecting them a whole lot, right? Fair enough. I'm just, I do think we have not seen the best of this. But you're, you're, how many of those also have a par X's and O's coach? Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. And, and that's the thing with, with Turgeon. We all know his prowess as a recruiter, right? Yeah. He's able to get the talent in here. He's able to get the names in here, but he's still not a good X's and O's coach. And you can see that out on the floor. They look disorganized at times. They don't look like they know what they're running. They're not are running. Are we in zone sets. or are we in man? Are we in zone or are we in man? They've got uber talent that they didn't have in the low post, but they refuse to use it. They'll play against these teams that are playing like small guards. And instead of having Wahab go down there and guarantee yourself two points every time you touch the fucking ball, they'll bring in other guards to try to keep up with them speed-wise when that's not the proper approach. Your strength right now is not shooting the three ball. Golly, they're awful at it. Your strength is a 70-plus percent shooter in the paint Get in the power in, down low in cutis wahab and a freshman in in julian reese who is dominating but yet not once have we seen these two guys on the court together at the same time i do think that comes later on in the year but man i, I just I, I think it's a missed opportunity uh i think Ter turge needs to go back to the drawing board on certain things because i think this team has a lot of talent Fats Russell is a very talented player, and I don't think he's being utilized correctly. Eric Ayala, he's been streaky. You know, this is the senior that we expected to step up and take that kind of, you know, that mellow tremble type of role, the, you know, the the yeah. Anthony Cowan type of role. I'm not comparing him in in skill level, but I think he should take that role, and he kind of hides from it at times. So there's a lot of things going on with this team. They're still 4-1. and one. But it's not a good foreign one. Doesn't no, feel good, especially when you, you have three other Big Ten teams that are are still ranked. Now we we have, we've talked about rankings don't mean a lot, but I think college basketball has been getting better with the rankings in their perspective because they do look at strength of schedule. They look at when you you know when it's a team that isn't that's not expected to perform all the Hofstras, the George Masons. Now, granted, George Mason has quite fairly regularly over the past ten years been in the tournament right right they find their way in at least once every other year so there's something to be said about that in the level of competition that they bring to the table 64 best teams in the, in the country so out of what there's probably three or four hundred right. so it, it's it does say something about their their level of talent um but when you're losing and you're you're you know you're ranked at the beginning on paper you look like you're you could be a powerhouse type team and you're coming out and you're not playing like a powerhouse type team and you're not playing you're playing outside basketball instead of playing outside in basketball or even inside out if, if you don't have the shot down low get it out but right. i think Googs said and somebody to yeah. Googs point when cutis has gotten double teamed he has not handled it well and that is definitely an area of his game that he needs to work on but again i think if you have that low post presence of cutis and 
Julian down low, you can't double team them both. They won't double team them both. And when one is doubled, you've got the other one there and dominate the glass, dominate down low, dominate those second chance opportunities. That's just my take on it. I'm no college coach. What the fuck do I know? But at this point, I do not feel good about this four and one team. I do think that they've got a lot of talent, and I do think that eventually they'll get it figured out. They'll be back in the top 25, but it's going to be a while. Go ahead, James. And that's the beauty about basketball compared to, like, football and lacrosse and baseball. Like, those sports are more of a – you have to have a good team to to compete. With basketball, you get these guys that transfer from a community college to, like, a George Mason or whatever and just show their talent off for a year. They don't give a fuck if they win or what. They'll just drop 50 a night. Right. And they don't care if they win or not and go to the NBA because they were seen and they put up the numbers compared to you have a, a, a team put together, like – Michigan because they have a head coach that has a name and they want to be back on the on, on the on the on TV and they they put a whole team that not just one guy is good it's the whole team that makes a balance right and that's the thing about basketball it's it, it can work different ways and we just need to find a chemistry with our team right now 100 agree and and I think we'll be better on during the season yep. like around the end of. November going into December, we'll know who we are and who to put out there. But the thing is, the Big Ten has a lot of big bodies in it, a lot of low post presence, right? You got to get these guys up to speed. You got to get Kudis as much experience as possible. There's no excuse. That 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 freaking uh, Hofstra game, he didn't play a single minute. Or was Hofstra? I can't remember. It was either Hofstra or, uh, or George Mason. One of those games, he didn't play this a single minute in the second half. That's unacceptable. This is a guy who could be your leading scorer and one of your biggest offensive producers, and he's not out there. All right, guys, it's time for the rundown. It's been a little while since I've done this, right? So I'm going to kick this one off. I'll start it with uh, – we, we kind of alluded to it earlier. We said we'd talk a little bit about it later. The Saints – Sign quarterback Taysom Hill to this unique four-year hybrid type of contract extension that could be worth anywhere between forty to ninety-five million. It's a big discrepancy between the two. Forty to ninety-five million, depending on the position he plays, and includes twenty-two and a half million dollars guaranteed. It pays him a forty million dollar base salary for the role that he's currently playing right now and up to an additional 55 million if he does become the state starting quarterback for the next four seasons i don't am i missing something here or what the fuck Taysom hill is the new sam bradford like (laughs) i don't know how is he just like he must have the best agent in the world to continually rob the Saints like this, like know. Sam Bradford did the NFL for a long time. I guess Peyton's that's his like stepson or something. Sean <laughs> I, I don't like, understand I don't it. They, 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 I think he had a contract like two years ago. Like they made him the highest paid like. Well, backup. that was a BS contract. Yeah, but I understand, and, but they do this shit. Like this yeah. guy, like when I looked at that contract, I'm like, what the fuck is going on down there? Number one, you already have don't have enough cap room. In general, and you do dumb shit like this. Get yourself a fucking quarterback. Build from it. You don't need this guy. Dude. Listen, here's the thing. He plays 10 to 15 <laughs> snaps a game right now. Overpaid. And who's the fucking starter? Right. It's Trevor Simeon. Yeah. 
If he was going to be a starting quarterback, now would be the opportunity for him. But it's Trevor Simeon who obviously they're picking. I just don't understand. I want to be a fly in the room. Like, what the fuck between the owner, the GM, and Sean Payton that say, hey, this guy, man. I hate him. He vultures touchdowns from Kamara. I want him to go away. (laughs) Right. I I don't get it. It it makes no sense to me. Drew, I'll let you take the next one. Uh, Speaking of money, money, money. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... The Tampa Bay Rays have this rookie phenom. He's 20 years old. They brought him up uh, during the season. He was a, I don't remember where he ended up in the voting of rookie of the year, but he was a rookie of the year candidate. Well, they went ahead and said, screw all that arbitration, all that, you know, 100K, 500K a year deals. We're just going to go ahead and sign you to a 12-year deal, well, 11-year deal uh, uh, with a 12-year option. So it could be worth $223 million. Yeesh. And it, it, it it's a commitment to a 20-year-old, and in baseball, that'll mean nothing. That's awesome. But, I mean, it's awesome for them, even though they're not known as a team that really spends money, because you're not really spending a lot of money on him. It's, I mean, if you go by the AAV, it's like 16 18 <laughs> million a year. That was my yeah. first take and on this whole thing. Am I an idiot? Because I feel like this is well, a great deal for Tampa Bay. It's almost... It's, a, it's both. It's great for both. I think you want to start now. Granted, other deals I'm going to bring up aren't as long as this one, but it's something that you're kind of seeing because, like, uh, uh, the Braves did it with Albies and and uh, the guy I heard his name. Oh, uh, Alcuna. Yeah, Alcuna. we're like, you know, we took the uh, the foreign player and like, look, forget all that arbitration stuff. Here, sign an eight year deal, and it's like twelve average a year, right. like twelve million. So it's chump change compared to what they could get down the road. Joe, to your point, that's exactly the deal that they should have done for Manny Machado when he first came up and with the league. Hold on, hold on. But you know what the difference between Manny Machado and these guys? Manny Machado grew up in the United States. These guys grew up in the Dominican where... $20 $20 is a lot of money. But he, Manny so, Machado was willing to negotiate. I understand that. He got shut down he by was, the I understand that. Office. When he was young, you probably could have got it. But these the Dominican guys, $20 is, is rich. Oh, no, I, I, that's so, yeah. I 100% agree with you. They're locking up their future for take care of their families and beyond. They don't I, care. I personally, I, for, for the player, I personally understand why he did it. Because, yes, to your point, $120 million, or what was it? What was the total value on it? It's 185 guaranteed. 185 guaranteed money is is generational wealth for your entire family. Again, coming from a country where $20 is a lot of money to them, right? So I 100% get it. Barring but the to your point, in the league for 12 but years. But to your point, especially thinking long term, like this is where I think this is an amazing deal for Tampa Bay because I think personally Wander Franco is a can't miss prospect. He was in the rookie of the year voting. <laughs> I understand the I understand the risk with like, oh, well you're paying this guy 12 years, what if he gets hurt and he loses, you know, you that's a risk you have to take because again, if he doesn't He's 20 years old. 12 years still puts him at only 32 years old. He should still be a very productive player at the end of this contract and you've probably in retrospect when you look at some of these big deals that some of these other guys are getting, you've probably saved half of the value of what this contract could have been worth. This could have been worth a half billion dollars over 12 right. years and when you look at like what freaking Tatis well, and, so, and some of these so other guys So that's your point. That's now, the thing, Tatis yeah. doesn't have a lot of service time under his belt, right. but they went and gave him this long-ass contract. If that would have been the same thing for Franco, you ain't going to deal if he does but, the same trajectory. But he's as not going to finish his career in Tampa. He's going to get traded. Dude. That was uh, Adit's point or a question to us. So... 
Do we think Wander Franco stays a Tampa Bay Ray for the length of this contract? No, this is a genius contract for Tampa because after That's six years, they're going to trade him to another team, get prospects, and keep on rebuilding their system. Because they're going to be able to sell such an uber it's, talent it's such a great contract. at such a great contract, yeah. and they're going it's to be able to win. replace their entire starting fucking yeah, lineup. So here's, here's, here's what I equate this to. Do you remember we just saw last year when we were all bored and in the house and watching Netflix and, bored and in the ESPN. house in the house bored. Tiger King. <laughs> I watched a lot of Tiger King. Yeah, we watched King. Tiger King. We also watched The Last yeah. Dance. Do you remember the Scotty Pippen contract? He went into a bad contract on his end. And I get what you're saying. With the money, these guys, look, they're it's generational. He's he's taking care of it. But this guy could be severely, severely underselling himself. And, and credit to him that he's just saying, look, I'm, I'm cool with this no matter how good I do. But the difference is, is you could be locked in. This guy, this guy was in the MVP voting. He came in second in the MVP voting Scott, next to— I'm, t- I'm telling you, between Scotty Pippen, this, this guy's ecstatic and happy and don't care if he gets and, another and dollar. Scottie Pippen, like, but this Scotty— guy, his family's taken care of. I get that. I get that. oranges a little bit, though. <laughs> I've been to Dominican multiple times. This guy is going. He's a king right now. My, like he I, don't I understand care. that. Hold on a second. Let me finish my statement. I let all of you guys finish. You kept interrupting me. My statement is: Scotty Pippen said, "I was happy with what I got at that time. When in the market changed in retrospect." I was underpaid. I was unhappy for my performance. Scottie Pippen should have been a top-tier paid guy. This guy could be... Think about some of these guys that we're seeing right now that are getting paid $35, $40 million a year. This guy was rookie in the rookie of the year voting second to only his, his teammate. All right? This guy... Is a generation. It has the ability to make generational wealth, but he also has the ability to make even more generational wealth. And you could be seeing him in in five years going. I really wish nah, I would have signed this contract. You know where he's going to make it up in five years now when he gets traded to the New York Yankees for an entire AAA farm <laughs> roster. He's going to make it up in marketing. He's going to make it up in, and, and very in well, revenue. That, that very well may be my whole my whole point with that is the the same idea and could concept. Never see a dime. Huh? Could get hurt and never see it. And dime. that's the other risk of it, right? That's the yeah, other end of it. It's a win-win. It's win to me. It's win-win. For it depends both. on how the contract's made, written. We don't know. Generational right. wealth. It's a win-win for both. I get you. I get you. This is going to be something to monitor for the next few years for yeah. sure. So good, Scott. So uh, athletes, you know, they t- tend to get preferential treatment. And and here we go with the guy above my head being yet another fucking example of athletes getting like preferential treatment when they fuck up. Look, I, we talked about it before. Don't be so hard on him. Da, da, da. But when society is not hard hit on him for the penal- the same penalties that you and I would get, if we were in that situation, all because he can afford bail, now he gets to be at home wearing a GPS monitor and an a, 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 uh, alcohol has to do alcohol. Playing NBA 2K, mind you. Right. He oh, can he, he can sit there. Yeah, he he can sit there and, and do whatever he wants. He's made a he's made a decent amount of money so far. He could probably live off it for a little while. You know, we don't I don't know his exact situation, but my whole point is if this were anybody in this room that were in the situation that we're he doing was the in, maximum years. And we're, we're still, not getting and we're, we're not getting right we're now. not getting house arrest. Guess where all of us hey, are we're sitting still in jail right Our now. asses are sitting in jail. 
Period. I think he. Only, I, think he I, I don't think he sees jail time. I don't. I, I, not about oh. not wanting it. Not about not wanting it. I know the justice time. system fucks up a lot. There, I could see him he getting, sees it, but it won't be. It won't be the average. It, there's it, no way. Yeah. There's no way. Even mo- and I don't care how much money you get. I don't know. There's always over. There's, there's a death. A, no, a bunch of that, shit. There's a death here. There's a death involved here, which tells me that something has to come. I just don't. It's not going to be what it would be for the rest of the world. The system is broken it is it is it is it's all right james i know we talked a little bit about this uh prior to the show starting we almost had malice in the palace 2.0 you're the basketball fan the other day lebron isaiah stewart they get into a little bit of a scuffle lebron or they're standing at the free throw line he's trying to get loose of this guy this guy's got him wrapped up a little bit as he's trying to they're both going for a rebound and you lebron the same thing i was yeah they're standing on the, they're standing on the free throw line trying to get position lebron's elbow was on his shoulder the entire freaking time because Don't the guy that the guy was leaning into him but either way he was trying to clear himself out of there Hit him with a left hand right in his face and opened up a well, nice gash. Left elbow, not elbow, left hand. Elbow and hand. It all kind of connected. It was right here. Yeah. It, either way, left a big gash in this guy's head. And he lost his shit. Like, multiple times lost his shit. You had both rosters, families, fucking referees. Clear. You had everybody out on this court. <laughs> and there wasn't anything and that was going to stop every, this and guy. every time yeah, that you thought it was... telling fans, like, don't go <laughs> on, don't go on, on the court. Seats. We're used to this. <laughs> every, every time that you thought, okay, they've got him under control, he's turned around, he's walking away, he was acting. He was a great actor because he they dropped their hands yeah. on him and, and the released their grip they on let him. off, man. Shoot, he went diving around, running around the other side like crazy. This, this shot in the middle. They're holding him back. No, nothing was gonna happen, dude. Yeah, I wanted to see it get, so he bad. Didn't get crazy until all the people were in between yeah, him and LeBron. Like, That's the crazy part of it. It was a good all. show, you know. Yeah, he got and, up and into much, LeBron's face, and then people got in between. As much as I don't, like, LeBron, I don't like LeBron, I understand. You don't know what's said. We don't know what's said. Hold on, let me talk. I know as much as I can't. I was trying to talk. As much as I can't stand LeBron, he wasn't that wrong, but at the same time. He came up and hit him on the elbow because what happened was he grabbed his hand. LeBron pulled away. And when he pulled away, he hit him in the face. It happened. And he got what he deserved. He should have been ejected because he hit him in the face. It was blood pouring out like it was a wrestling event. Yeah, it was rough. And, but that fight bullshit, it was all a show. He wasn't going to get near LeBron. He wasn't going to do anything because he's walking away. And he runs over. It's just. And, it, and you had, like, the trainer, like, holding him. I'm sorry. You're 6'8", like 260 pounds, and you can't get by that guy. That's a bunch of shit. And then you have Westbrook, Antonio Day, I mean, uh, A.D., all blocking away. No one's touching LeBron. LeBron I didn't wanted to see to it so LeBron, bad. LeBron apologized after he hit it because, number one, he knew he hit him, and he was like, oh. It wasn't I, intentional. It wasn't intentional, but he, he was holding his hand, and LeBron pulled away. When he pulled away, it hit him in the in the face. I so. know, but I, I so maybe it's just me. <laughs> I so bad wanted to see this guy get to LeBron. I think LeBron, I mean, granted, he's a great basketball player. I think he's a bit of a bitch. For as big as he is and as strong as he is, I really think he's a bit of a bitch. I I would have liked to have seen Stewart just fucking hit him. (laughs) That's me, personally, whatever it is. is. Speaking of fights, Scott, I had to text both of you guys last night. You know me, I I, I used to be a WWF fan, so I have not watched (laughs) wrestling since it's been WWE at all, really. But 
I do get on Twitter quite a bit. And it was all over Twitter last night. A fan comes out of the out of the stands to attack, I guess, <laughs> Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins is one of the bigger names right now in, in the WWE. He's one of the stars. And yes, this guy, your whole thing of like, yeah, he, he came around, he got in, he attacked. This mofo, they I've seen the shot from way back of somebody sitting in the stands. There's a giant jumbotron that's like 50, 60 feet wide minimum. Yeah, it's what they walk out underneath. Right, they right? Walk, right, they walk out underneath it, plus you got the ramp. Right. This guy came clean from one side of the ramp. Oh, I saw the Made end it of all it. the way over and made it up halfway up the ramp to meet Rollins and literally tackle, you know, Full tackle speed him. laid into him. Well, it was crazy. I, so to the Ravens. My, my, wife, my wife and I, <laughs> At she, least he could tackle. she wasn't necessarily in the mood to, to watch football. <laughs> and so we, she was like, let's just go ahead and watch the WWE. So we watched it a little bit um, because they were, there were rumors that The Rock was going to be on there. So you always like to see, you know, what it's coming back. And it was they were they were talking about uh, Red Notice, the new movie on uh, Netflix, right? Um, which that was a horrible thing within itself. Uh, but all of a sudden, you see Rollins. He's finished his his match. He's walking back up, and all of a sudden, you see this guy just come out of nowhere. And it was good tackle. Yeah, it was, very form. Ravens needed to learn. Um, but all of a sudden, they cut away immediately. Cut away. And my wife and I kind of looked at each other and like, who the fuck was that? Like, is it like, what's the angle? Where are they coming back? We realized very quickly they weren't showing Seth Rollins again. So it was like, oh shit, what's happening? So I get on Twitter and I'm like, Seth Rollins attacked and boom, there it was. People were saying, yes, he's been attacked, yes, he's been attacked. Then the video started flooding in of the tussle that happened on the ground. The guy's pulling on his hair. Right. He's like, they're trying to get him off. Then comes the fact that you see them escort him. It takes like six guys to take this guy down. This guy is probably, I don't know, he's probably about my height. He's probably, you know, five, five, eight, five, nine. But but he's a solid 290. Hey, big boy. He was a big boy. A whole lot of ass crack hanging out. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but it took six people to get this kid out, right? Well, next thing you know, there's videos of fans in the, the stands that lead up, not the floor seats, but in, in the arena seats. There's two. There's two guys walking this guy out. How the fuck is this guy not in handcuffs? If yeah. this is if this is any other sports that venue, that's because they knew this guy wasn't all there. Yeah, uh, well, and apparently from what you guys are saying afterwards, apparently NYPD still. still got, you're gonna get arrested. He still broke the law. Apparently from what you guys are saying too, not gonna arrest you. He he put out a I guess a yeah, video, it, like, a video yeah. on social media. I just got out. <laughs> seemed a few French fries sort of a fucking happy meal. Yeah, like, it doesn't seem like he's all there. You know he believes wrestling's real. And his, well, I mean, his tackle was good. It was. I just, he doesn't realize people make fake accounts and got him stirred up. And so, yeah. you know. It's yeah. just kind of rare. I mean, it, you know, you see players or fans run on the field at baseball games all the time. I guess it's every now and again you'll see it on football. You see streakers at, you know, soccer, soccer games, games and stuff like that. And they're always arrested. I, they're all tackled to the ground, yeah. putting cuffs, walked away. I've never seen it happen at a WWE. Well, you, you, I've never. Well, oh, the, oh, Bret, Bret Hart, Hart way back in the day. Yeah, Hart, you know what's right. a, well, what was, I don't want to go on a tangent. What was hilarious was the same, like, spot that that guy came at last night is the same spot where they did the, they they did the uh, Hall of Fame the Bret Hart got attacked at right. Barclays the guy came from like the same spot so it's like a blind spot for towards security. security where it's like 
all right, well, we're our attention's here, here, and here, and it's like a blind spot. It just kind of interesting. Happens. But this That's guy, this guy, came, he went a long yeah, way. Gotta, he, he, <laughs> all right, you go all that way and not get caught. Yeah, That's yeah. impressive. Last thing I want to say, and this is just more of a, a feel-good story, and it comes out of Michigan, of all places. <laughs> oh, right? Ryan's not listening. The University of off. Michigan. You know, we talk about all the bad shit that's in the news and, you know, everything that gets the headlines and whatnot. And this is something that I saw the other day, kind of flew under the radar and I think deserves more attention because when you think of the totality of what goes into this, right, this is Michigan running back Blake Corum. So we all talk about like how they started the name image likeness this year, right? And these players, some of them, the elite levels are making decent money on this stuff. And some of them are making just, you know, pennies and dollars and it's not a whole lot of money. Well, this guy used all the money that he's earned this year through the name image likeness to buy turkeys and to give back to less fortunate, man. And, and he put together these meal packages uh, for some of the homeless and, again, some of the less fortunate families out there. The, this, is, you know, this isn't a million-dollar athlete that has a ton of money to spend. This isn't a number one overall draft prospect who knows he's going to be set for life, right? This is just a college kid who finally can make a little bit of money off of his name, putting together his money that he earned, his hard-earned money, and using it for good, man. It's a kudos to to him uh, and, and kudos to, to Michigan. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is the type of guy that – this is the type of story that will get this guy, you know, maybe in a, in a later draft or an undrafted free free agent type thing. That Just because somebody, somebody wants somebody like that in a locker room that's going to be – you know, that's usually a locker room type guy. Hey, it's – yeah, everybody loves him. He, he's he's not a he's not the superstar, but he, everybody loves him. To that thing. point, Gook said he's a hell of a kid. Met him once, and he's nothing but humble and selfless. That's pretty awesome, right there, kind of in line with what we're saying. Sums so. it all up, man. The kid is is definitely uh, he's got it all together upstairs for sure. That's oh, the wrong he's got one. Got me on the wrong <laughs> thing. Jesus, there you Jesus, go. What are you doing to me? <laughs> No rules, no boundaries, two topics, 30 seconds each. It's time for the two-minute warning. All right, fellas, it's time for the two-minute warning. Uh, We got a couple of uh, holiday questions here with it being uh, a couple days before Thanksgiving. We'll keep this uh, festive and fun. Who's asking the first question? I got got? him. You got got him? him. All All right, right, Drew. Here we go. Let's get Detroit off of this shit. So (laughs) what's a game that's not a current traditional on Thanksgiving Day that should be a yearly tradition? All right, so the easy one here for me would be the Ravens and the Steelers, right? But I feel like a lot of that has kind of lost its luster since a lot of the greats have kind of retired and moved on. For me, though, and and this kind of falls in the same pattern, I'm going to go NBA, right? Grew up a big Bulls fan. The Bulls and the Pistons was a great rivalry back in the day. Uh, I understand, you know, those players aren't around anymore. But that's, I feel like, a game that should be on every year for the basketball. I don't don't hate that. Uh, I'll go with a two-parter here. One uh, from the NHL. Uh, I'd love to see a situation where it's like the Caps and the Rangers. Right. Something along those lines that it's a big it's a big festivity on that day. Uh, And then the other thing, just because I think it'd be freaking hilarious to watch on Thanksgiving, I'd love to see a match. The the PGA, the match where they do like where it's Phil and and somebody else partner with Tiger and somebody else. I'd love to see that on Thanksgiving. I think it'd be just comedy. Gotcha. Comedy gold. You can only eat three sides with your turkey this year. What's on the plate? 
Uh, three sides with my turkey, so I can only pick three. All right, so slam dunk, I'm going stuffing. And I'm not talking stovetop stuffing. I'm talking the real homemade stuffing. Like, okay. I, I love stuffing. One of my favorite things that my family makes is a candied uh, sweet potato casserole. It's not just like just sweet potatoes out of cans. It's an actual Marshmallows casserole. Marshmallows on top. Yeah, and my other one, cranberry sauce. That would be my third. All right, you weirdo. Uh, well, first of all, I'm just going to say I'm, I'm going to take it a little step further. My turkey is going to be smoked on a smoker. That's how That's how you got to do it. I, got, I knew, I knew you'd like it over there. Uh, but for me, my three, my three sides, uh, bacon, the bacon version of green bean casserole, mm-hmm. delicious. I, got, I love me some, like, solid, chunky mashed potatoes and crab cornbread stuffing. Crab, cornbread, cornbread stuffing. stuffing with crab. I love in it. cornbread. I love crab, but I cannot say I've ever mixed the two. Oh, it's so delicious. Oh, man, I'm missing out. Apparently, we gotta get to you go guys to in the rundown. See what your or in the after hours. See what yours are here. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, uh, thanks again for all your support over the last couple of weeks with me being out and sick and everything. So uh, I see it. It's noticed, and again, it's appreciated. Yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in. As we want to remind all of you, you can check us out on our website, www.birdlandbs.com. While you're there, obviously, you can check out all of our episodes, check out each episode and everything that goes with it. You can learn about each of us, contact each of us. Go check out the Shell and Tell episodes. They're putting a new one up a lot here uh, as things get start to heat up for the uh, the Terps and both sides. Uh, you also have the uh, BS gear page, if I can talk. The BS gear page. Get yourself some Birdland BS gear. I know I'm always wearing it. James is sporting it over there as well uh you can follow us through big play as well it's another another place that you can look look us up you can also look us up on all of our social media sites it's super easy guys whether it's twitter facebook youtube instagram all you got to do is search birdland bs you'll find us look for the logo and that's how you can get to us make sure you like follow subscribe while you're there and, and be a part of the birdland bs nation guys we love you guys we, we appreciate all the love you and support you give us each and every week uh and if hey if you can't count, ch- check the, check out the live version or the video version check out the audio version of the show you can find it on any of your favorite podcast apps be sure to, to subscribe while you're there and also give us those five-star reviews we really appreciate it thanks for tuning in as always for fred drew James, Ryan, who's not here, and myself. We'll see you guys. See you.